This month's Streaming Things is brought to you by Chester Copperpot, Stanton Valentino, Wendy O'Laughlin, Jason Hawkins, Matthew Amerson, Trey Barrera, Conrad, Luke and Sarah, David Malfara, Kaylee Sampson, Rabbit Dog and a Barbie Car, Jose Ruben Cruz Rodriguez, Thomas Alexander, Emmy, Joe Velez, Abby Vollmer, Valerie, Aaron Layton, John Collins, Sun Loving Mortal, Andrew Gray, Jen Robinson, Kate, Chloe Richardson, Kalisha Reeves, Kiki Newton, Kevin Strother, Jeanette Murphy, Casey McCain, and Enza. Welcome back. My name is Chris. And I'm Steve. And this partner is Streaming Things, this time covering a little movie called Tombstone from 1993, mm-hmm. as requested by one of our beloved patrons. That's right. That's a tier that you, you can subscribe to on patreon.com slash streaming things and mandate that we cover one of your favorite films, or at least one that you think would be an interesting conversation. And we'll do it. Damn it. Absolutely. And this here film's been brought to you by none other than the great Andrew Gray. Mm, thank you, Andrew. Mr. Gray. I tip my proverbial cowboy hat to you, sir. It has to be proverbial because he doesn't own one. I do not. I had a golfer's hat you saw in the intro. But Steve, formerly known as Steve, now known as Cassius Clayton. Cassius Clayton. <laughs> not the not the boxer. Changed it legally. <laughs> Went down to the courthouse and I said, Judge, change my name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Say when. But you saved you shaved your mustache. Or you your beard into a mustache. I shaved my beard into a handlebar mustache because mm-hmm. I felt it was only fitting to be covering a Western and having period-appropriate uh, facial hair. Mm-hmm. Too bad you got the fade and the well-coiffed hair on That's, top. Well, hey, you know, you could. I played Red Dead Redemption. I gave Arthur Morgan a fade. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you could be like um, a barkeep, you know, in a, in a San Francisco-esque town, Yeah, just perhaps. like I'm always rubbing a glass just behind a, yeah, <laughs> behind a bar. Steady polishing. Words say around here, those boys be shooting up old Higgins joint up 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 north. You can get shot over a, a frosty mug back in those days. You, you could. You so could. you got to polish them motherfuckers constantly. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be polishing motherfuckers constantly. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you're excited for this. I am. I know I am. You've been wanting to cover Tombstone on the show for a while. I think you nominated for a Patreon I did. Uh, bonus episode at one point. And then I watched it. That was the month where I watched it anyway, because it didn't win. And I stubbornly <laughs> watched it like, ha, fuck you guys. I'll watch it by myself. Joke's on you. Andrew Gray had your back the Came whole time. Clutch. Yeah, uh, did. We've talked about it a lot. A lot of these uh, Patreon demanded movies. I'm very excited. about. I say every time it was one of my favorite movies, right? And you're starting to not believe me, but it's just the fact that our patrons are just coming out with bangers from my childhood. Oh, personally. Yeah. oh yeah. But uh, Steve, I'm mm. curious to know what you think of Tombstone. Was this your first viewing? What's your history with this film? What'd you think of it? <laughs> okay. So I had a really weird uh, occurrence when watching this movie or uh, you know, thought when I sat down to turn this movie on, I was a hundred percent sure I'd seen this movie. All right. I remembered so many scenes of it. I remember so much of it. But as I'm watching the movie, I think what I did, Chris, was at one point in my life, I just watched a Val Kilmer highlight reel from this movie as Wyatt, uh, Doc Holliday. And because literally every Doc Holliday scene, remember that perfectly fine. Remember that always. I can quote that shit. But as soon as Val Kilmer left the screen, didn't remember a thing about this movie. <laughs> 
So you really think, not that he had the most memorable parts, but that you've literally only seen the Val Kilmer parts? It's possible that I literally just remember his parts because he's so good in this movie. I think this is, and I don't know if you'll agree with me, I think this is the best Val Kilmer role of his entire career. It's definitely my favorite one. I, I'm just letting you go on, but I 100% agree. Uh, but but like, and, and I, but that may be the case. I just forgot the rest of the movie, but I, th- long way to say, watching this movie, almost as if seeing it for the first time again, I love this movie. This movie is so much fun. It's got a just a insane amount of talent in the cast. Yes. Like, I feel like every time we do one of these patron uh movies there's so many like oh they're in this they're in this wow this movie i think might have the best pedigree of acting talent in it bar none that we've done so far like it's incredible it's crazy just how many scenes will pop like there's michael rooker what there's terry o'quinn what there's i did i forgot bill paxton was in this movie we just did twister last uh, morning baby yeah and even charlton heston's in this movie he's he's like let my people go uh (laughs) powers booth how oh powers booth is so good in this movie uh michael bean Mm -hmm. um is it bean or bine let's go bean let's go bean okay the terminator's out of the bag now the beans are indeed out of the bag uh he plays uh ringo and he's great in it uh this is just such a really fun western uh i love it so much i think westerns get a bad rap i think the genre of a Western is ripe to be incredibly fun, uh, but you can get bad ones. It's easy to make a bad Western. And that's why I think a lot of people are well, like, oh, I can't watch Westerns. They're so outdated and of their time, but like they can be really fun. Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's got a, a, a girth, of, girth of entertainment. It's rife with it, but also, you know, there's thousands of Westerns. It's one of the most, uh, you know, prolific trends in American cinema. And I mean, for 60 years, the genre dominated and so there's so many bad ones, but so many good ones. Yeah. Um, and this is one of the best, I think. This is one of my very favorites. I, I I say it every time. I have loved this movie for a long time. My my early my dad was a huge Western buff. He I did, I wasn't born until he was 36. And so he was born in 1951. And so he grew up on shows, you know, like Gunsmoke. And mm-hmm. uh, he even listened to like fucking radio shows, you know, like um the shadow knows like that kind of shit right who knows <laughs> the shadow knows my dad was obsessed with this stuff um to the point where he did actual research on all these people so when i was watching this movie for, for the first time i was probably six years old and i can remember distinctly my dad watching it with me pointing out all the real figures from history which is almost all of them right and he would tell me yeah. the real backstory you know uh, oh, that's Ike. That's Ike. He's a famous coward. Fuck that dude. You know, he was really passionate <laughs> about it and he felt strongly about it. And he would, cause this movie takes place at the end of Wyatt Earp's illustrious career. Uh, and so he would tell me about what Wyatt Earp did, why he was you know, the context behind this movie, what he had come from. Oh, he used to be a marshal and this is what he did. And, um, Doc Holliday's a real person, all this stuff, right? He knew all the ins and outs of all this. It was, it was very near and dear to him to share this with his son, uh, as a huge fan of, a, you know, I never grew up loving Westerns per se until pretty, pretty well into my adult life. I went back and started watching, you know, the dollars trilogy and, uh, once upon a time in the West. And, um, and there's a lot of good Neo Westerns like hell or high water. Uh, I would argue Logan, the superhero movie with Wolverine oh, yeah, yeah. is a Neo Western, yeah. right? Um, there's some really good stuff out there. Uh, 310 to Yuma, the remake, love it. True Grit, the Coen Brothers remake, love well, it. Even the the Mandalorian, you can argue, has Absolutely. Like a lot of Western yeah. uh, influences and in so it. And so does John Wick. You know, you John see Wick, that yeah. there's a John Wick 
three, I think, where he's galloping with the horses and he, you know, he, he's, he's, hangs from the horse's flank and shoots under the neck. And my wife was watching that with me and she giggled like, that's ridiculous. And I, I didn't have time, you know, cause I don't talk to movies. Uh, <laughs> You're not a monster, but to be like, <laughs> what's funny about that is how many hundreds of times that has happened on screen. It oh, happens yeah. in this movie, right? Yeah. Um, it's a genre thing. And I, I really like genre filmmaking, but this movie is so near and dear to me for sentimental reasons. I do think it, it borders on, uh, it's overdramatic at times and it borders on mm-hmm. camp yeah. at other times. Um, but in a fun way, like it's totally an homage kind of way. I don't think the director meant it as homage. I think he just was doing what he knows to do uh, because uh, George P. Cosmatos directed this. So he didn't. It's weird. Have All you, the uncredited have, Kevin Yara direction. No. So uh, everybody likes, so uh, I think uh, George, Cosmatos like passed away and like the secret came out that he was hired to be the director, but really Kurt Russell directed this movie and he hired George Cosmatos to be his yes man to like pretty much say, Hey, do this. And he would just do what Kurt was telling him. Really? I've never heard like Val Kilmer's come out and said like, yeah, this movie would not have been made without Kurt Russell getting involved and kind of leading the ship. So like really Kurt Russell is like the uncredited true director of this movie. Even though, yes, George Cosmatos was there, but he was basically just a, a someone who would just sign off for Kurt because Kurt technically couldn't be the director for some reason. So he just hired this. Yes. And apparently Kurt Russell got the idea from uh, Sylvester Stallone because he did something similar with Rambo. Yeah, I would say he's known for directing Rambo and Cobra, mm-hmm. um, First Blood Part Two, all that stuff. And so I thought, interesting, I'd never heard that. But the the writer, uh, Kevin Yara, I think that's how you pronounce it, it might be Jara, but he he wrote all those movies as well. So mm-hmm. um, the the duo because wasn't he supposed he was supposed used. to be the original director? Kevin was. Kevin was I supposed to be so. the original director, but he was. Um, I forget what the story was. If he might have been like a perfectionist, or he was just kind of too beholden to the 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 script uh, production bible that they wrote. That like they were way out of budget and time well, very it's, it's early based on, on so they book. dropped him it's yeah. based on a book by tom clavin called tombstone the true story of the earp brothers doc holiday and the famous battle at the okay corral mm-hmm. um which is and the, the movie is actually surprisingly true to history arguably the most ridiculous scene in the movie is yeah what do you think it is the creek scene yeah yeah that, that's actually documented history that that uh curly bill missed three times and then was blown to bits by a shotgun in the middle of the creek so yeah Shit like, no, no, <laughs> that's a, a, an occasionally silly scene, but I, I do. I love everything about it. I mean, there's some of my favorite, I was a huge Kurt Russell fan as a kid. I grew up on still um, a huge Kurt Russell fan. Sure. But at the time, I mean, I, I watched big trouble in little China, like oh, yeah. a, an overboard, which is a weird thing for a kid. My son actually loves that movie. Overboard's great. <laughs> he said that movie's so heavy. Uh, and I was a huge escape from New York fan. Um, I actually yep. didn't see the thing until recently, as you know, oh. uh, but I loved escape from New York. Go back and listen to our thing episode. It was a good episode. Yeah. I'd like to come back inside now. <laughs> <laughs> um, big fan of Val Kilmer. I liked the bad Batman. I did as a kid. I loved it. Um, I loved you know uh, the doors. Another fun fact about, uh, 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 Kurt, um, I'm sorry, uh, Val Kilmer as doc holiday in this movie. So we all know Val Kilmer plays Batman. In as you call it, the bad Batman, <laughs> Batman Forever. Um, the year that Val Kilmer was born was the year that 
Adam West play Doc Holliday in three different TV shows. Weird. For movies, yeah. Wasn't that like just kind of bonkers? Like these two dudes who are two famous. Batmanses. These two men famous for Batman are also famous for playing the same historical character. I don't know. I just think that's so cool. That is wild. Mm-hmm. Also, Wyatt Earp's actual as- fifth cousin, Wyatt Earp, played Billy Claiborne in this oh, movie. Really? That's almost as wild as the Wild West. <laughs> Wyatt Earp, I meant. I called him Wild Earp. <laughs> Not to be confused with Wild Bill Hickok. Hey, we know that fifth Earp cousin. Woo, he wilding. <laughs> he wilding. Woo. And that's the thing. I'm not up on like uh, American mythology history of this, you know, this. Me either. Mythologizing yeah. of the Wild yeah, West. I really want to get into it. I think like when I have free time this week, I'm going to really dive into this because I'm, I'm fascinated by it. By it. There's a lot I, of good movies out there and too. And I don't know a ton about it. There's a Wild a Wyatt Earp movie, fuck, with uh, Kevin Costner, I believe. That's pretty good. Oh. Uh, I also, ooh, another- Yellowstone. Another great, <laughs> another great neo-Western is um, The Assassination of Jesse James by the, by the coward, coward Robert Ford, which is a spoiler in the title, Bold Move. Um, that's shot by Roger Deakins. Great movie. Anyway, all that is to say, I fucking love this movie. And I, you said earlier, is this Val Kilmer's best role? I would take it further. Ooh. I would say absolutely it's Val Kilmer's best role. This is quite possibly one of the top 10 greatest characters and depictions thereof in American cinema. I really do believe it's that. It's great. It's I love so him. iconic. It's so quotable. Everybody knows. If you walk into a room and say, I'm, I'm your Huckleberry. I'm your Huckleberry. Everyone will know, except there is an annoying, and no offense to you, I'm sure thousands of you are listening, but it, <laughs> there's an annoying uh, cadre. Of <laughs> cadre? <laughs> it's almost a cult. Ooh. Of people that think what he says there is, I'm your Huckleberry. In oh, an yeah, accent. because of the... The huckles that are on the side of coffins, coffins and you would, because he's killing you, he's technically he's your gonna bear bearer. Your, he's going to bear your huckle. Yeah. And that's huckleberry. That's sure. a, that's a Southern phrase. In the like, book, if you want to fight, you, you, I'm your man. But they'll argue with you to no end about this. And at least it's my experience on the internet. Wow. Uh, what a weird, strange hill to die on. Weird that Val Kilmer has named his memoir, I'm your huckleberry. He's also spoken publicly about this factoid in the book on which this movie's based. You can read the words Huckleberry. Huckleberry. Yeah. Uh, there's and if you put the subtitles on the movie, it says Huckleberry. I mean, it's fucking the evidence. No, to it's the Huckleberry, guys. <laughs> it's Huckleberry. The deep state will have you believe it's Huckleberry. Right, right. It's one of those. But uh, it was an inside job. Take the red pill sheeple. We know it's Huckleberry. <laughs> right? Is that the pill you take to open up? That's your right. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it's such a fun time. I've seen this movie, I don't know how many times and um, a couple times recently. But yeah, like you said, so many good stars. It's crazy. Stephen Lang, um, which when I first started watching this movie. I did not recognize him he's never in this role. He's like a coward. Like he's usually a badass. Yeah, he's usually he, like a I'm, mean I'm, guy. I'm the mean, tough military man who was just doing what he needs to do. Sometimes I'm blind and murdered. I honestly didn't recognize that that Johnny Ringo was the original John Connor. Oh, yeah, that's Michael Bean. Uh, wow. Yeah, isn't that seriously? This movie is just chock full with people that are not John Connor, but the father. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, like fucking Billy Bob Thornton's in this briefly, and unrecognizable. You, Billy Zane is in this. Oh, so recognize. Oh, Harry Carey's son, Harry Carey Jr. Jr. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Carey here. Uh, Mary Poppins himself, Michael Rooker mm-hmm. is in Michael this movie. Rooker. Thomas Hayden Church. I'm sure you get a kick out of that. I love seeing Thomas Hayden Church. Um, Terry O'Quinn of Lost Fame. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, Sam Elliott. If you can't have, a, if, if you're Western, yeah, does do not have this, Sam Elliott. How do we get this far and not say Sam Elliott? Is it a Western? That's that's on us. We should have, 
We should have said that. Sam Elliott deserves to be on the top of everyone's list if you're talking about a Western. We can disguise it under save the best for last. Yeah, this is true. You know, when I'm making a list of people in Western. Ron Swanson? Make <laughs> Ron Swanson's a little more in your nose. It's true. It's true. But Sam Elliott's more down in your throat. You sound like that commercial, like uh, when you bust into a room and accidentally find your sister. <laughs> That's Ford t- truck. That's Ford truck. That's <laughs> something. Helen Hunt is everyone's <laughs> crush, and we all know why. That's true. A damn tank top. <laughs> Tornadoes and tank tops. That's going to be the name of my memoir. Since Huckleberry's taken. But anyway. Well, you can could, you could use Huckleberry. That's true. <laughs> Nobody stole that. I'm that's, your Huckleberry. That's right. Let's dive right in. I took ridiculously thorough notes. I'm but, glad you did, because I did not. But it's, it might be too thorough, so I'm going to try to rush through, so you're going to have to slow me down, because I'm going to consciously be trying to have us not here for three hours. Uh, but this movie was was made in 1993. Uh, Tombstone came out. I didn't look up if it was a success or not. I know it was actually not critically a success. It's got like a 50-something uh, on uh, Metascore. So, um, but like I said, this is a, one of my, this is a damn perfect movie, right? It starts off with kind of a, a narrator, right? You get a history lesson. Uh, you learn about who Wyatt Earp is, his buddy, John Doc Holliday and the city of Tombstone, Arizona, by the way, terrible name for both pizza and town Tombstone. Wouldn't you agree? It's the, it doesn't bode well. No, like, why would you actually call it? Like, I, especially the pizza. I hereby claim this land for my kinfolk, and I name this town uh, Foot Crust. This, you know, the reason that town's called uh, Tombstone is that they were like, "Well, we got to put up a shop here. I guess we get that makes it a town. What are we going to call it?" And they just looked around, and they saw the one, the first thing they saw, a tombstone. Like, <laughs> why don't we just call it that? Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I'm more confused. Like, why would you name a pizza after that? Like, Hey, you know, the thing you're eating, <laughs> guess, where, dead people. guess where you're going to be when you're done with it. It's better than foot crust. That's true. <laughs> my, my suggestion. Uh, but the, this movie is about the earliest example of organized crime in America. The, the gang of over a hundred outlaws, uh, outlaws known as the cowboys. Again, not creative with the names of these folks. Uh, <laughs> and the first thing we get is the cowboys slaughtering everyone at a Mexican wedding. Uh, y'all killed two cowboys. Uh, one of the guys has got ace, uh, ace, aces on his boots, all four, all four suits on each boot. Fucking powers booth rolls up looking like a stud. Yeah. Uh, Michael Curly Rooker. Bill Brocious. Oh, Curly Bill Brocious. It sounds like a fake name. Like when you're saying, when you call somebody like Brotato. Hey, Brocious, give me a beer. Curly Brocious, come here. Um, (laughs) Michael Rooker's there. We talked about Stephen Lang as Ike, Thomas Hayden Church, uh, and then Johnny Rango speaks better Spanish than the Mexican guy that's in their gang, which I thought was, eh, does he? Your your Spanish is worse than your English. (laughs) That's Uh, not what he's saying. Because he misinterprets the priest's uh, revelations quote. something about a sick horse? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> but I, the, as many times as I've seen this, I've only seen it a couple times as an adult. And I love this first scene now because what it does is it sets up the stakes. It shows you what the gang will do if you kill some of the cowboys. Yeah. They're willing to slaughter. I mean, they kill the bride, the priest, everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So later on when they have to shoot the five or six cowboys that they do at the OK Corral, that's what it's, it's a big deal. It harkens back to this scene like, oh, yeah, because up until then you kind of see like. Uh, well, the cowboys are just kind of intermingling with the culture. Like, yes. People aren't super, 
you know, they're part of the town. So no one's really like, oh, someone's got to do something about these cowboys. That's no, they're just there. And everyone's used to them. So you almost have to be shown what horrible well, and the sheriff worth they, they can do. The sheriff so that works you know for them. They're bad. Yeah. And the sheriff works for them. And the even the marshal, sheriff. Fred White, who's painted as kind of a good upstanding citizen. His first thing he says about the cowboys is uh, they're the real law. Well, he says that and he says they're good for business around here. That's what he says. Yeah. So like everybody's making money off of the fact that they exist and they're more than okay with it. Morality be damned, Chris. What are they doing for the economy? These guys, these cowboys, I tell you, I'm not a fan (laughs) of it. It's not not what's designed. We didn't vote for them. (laughs) We did not. We Uh, did not burn. I didn't take a horse. I took a bus all the way here. And I'm not packing. I'm not healing. This is one of the few times where I probably am doing the luxurious thing by taking a bath. <laughs> I realize that I am the asshole and not probably welcome here. Everybody else is in a wagon, Bernie. <laughs> yeah. Where'd you get? What is the bus? Uh, so, yeah, they shoot the bride as well. Johnny kills the priest. And he says the actual quote from the priest was, behold, a p- from Revelations, behold, a pale horse. The man who sat on him was death and hell followed with him. And again, as it's the first time I've really noticed that at the end of this movie, right into the third act where you think the movie's over <laughs> when yeah. Kurt Russell is on the, uh, the like the train yard sending Virgil off and he he cuts Ike with his stirrup and he says, um, I'm I am death and hell's coming with hell's me. You come with me. So he's the pale rider, right? Yeah. Um, Kurt Russell himself. And we cut to I, I, I do like uh, how this scene also sets up that uh, Ringo is a quick shot. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you did. And we did kind of blaze over. There's a nice little um, sort of what do you call that? Uh, uh, there's a narrator at the beginning that's just kind of like uh, 1978. And he kind of lays the groundwork. Yeah. Of who and it's like Herbs this are. old original stock footage looking <laughs> aspect ratio. And you can, And I love how even though this is a period piece film, they still can't help themselves to attach the movie into the modern day by going like tombstone, a town that has a higher murder rate than modern day LA or New York. (laughs) Didn't need to know that. Thanks, sir. Sure. Reminded (laughs) of the current cult. Well, I I think they want to give you an idea of like how hellacious this was. Right. And this kind of, this weird narrator bookend that you really don't need at all. Right. Like rarely do you need a narrator. We'll get to it. But the ending narrator bookend was a big, like what to me, (laughs) there's a very specific thing that was like, okay, I I wish I knew that. I can't wait to get to the very last scene. I was thinking of you the whole time. There's one through line throughout this whole movie that I I do not like. Mm -hmm. And it has to deal with that revelation at the end. (laughs) We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay. I can't, I'm I'm not picking up what you're laying down yet, but I'm excited. Uh, so we cut to first scene, Wyatt getting after the wedding, Wyatt getting off a train. Uh, he beats the man beating a horse. Right. And I know a lot of people don't like, doesn't feel good. Does it? A lot of people don't like Blake Snyder's save the cat philosophy with screenwriting. They think it's reductive. Uh, but I do see a lot of examples of it. And the idea of save the cat is that if you have your protagonist early on, literally save the cat, right? Do something nice that makes you like them. Right. Uh, specifically to an animal. It works every time. And this is what this is. The first thing we see him do is beat a man who's hurting a horse. So no matter what else he does, you're like, I like that guy. I like that guy. I like the cut of his jib. (laughs) You know, that uh, handlebar mustache guy. I like horses too. I like him. If he ever needs us to escape from, I don't know, New York, I'll help him Mm -hmm. out because he helped that horse out. (laughs) From, I don't know. New York, <laughs> hopefully, because I never leave. <laughs> I got uh, limited pass. I need to escape too. <laughs> Let's be honest. Oh, because he's in the movie Escape from New Did York. you just get that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you were doing a New England accent, so I was like, 
That's where you're located, sir. I fucking love you. Two <laughs> lawmen are looking on. They're like, holy shit, that's wider. His name. Hey, man, my name's Crawley Dake. I couldn't think of a better cowboy name. <laughs> Crawley Dake. Crawley Dake. My dad's name was Papa Dake. I love this ongoing joke where married to uh, Mama Dake. Mama Dake. We all know Mama Dake. My big brother's name is Big Dake. Mama Dake. <laughs> she's famous for her dates. Um, I'm lucky. <laughs> big Dake. Big date energy. Uh, <laughs> I love this ongoing joke throughout the movie where like a lawman or a mayor or some upstanding political figure will walk up to Wyatt Earp. Uh, Wyatt, uh, I want to talk to you about possibly being a lot. Nope. 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 Don't want it. Get away from me. Not uh, interested. Mm -mm. All I'm, I'm interested in, in money and pussy. That's it. That's all I want. The two things, money, pussy and family. My favorite poet, Lil Wayne, once said, pussy, money, weed. I don't know what that last thing is, but I want him. <laughs> Unless he means tumbleweed. I think, oh, I like a tumbleweed. That means. I'm down for that. That means things are quiet. Yeah. And, he, you know, and then the guy says, well, if you're going to be rich, a lot, I've never known a rich man to not have a guilty conscience. And this movie is chock full of one-liners. Yeah. And I, I'm a sucker for this, right? Yep. It doesn't work for everybody. It works for me. He says, I already got a guilty conscience. Might as well have the money, too. And in the Kurt Russell cadence, uh, there's this line where Billy Zane first sees Kurt Russell's character, Wyatt Earp, with Josephine. And he looks on him and he gets all poetic. And he says, you know, eyes squinted by frequent, staring too long in the sun. And, and it's like Kurt Russell just looks that way and always that's has. Just, that's right? just him. That's Kurt Russell. Perfect casting. Yeah. I guess he casted himself, but it was well done, sir. And then Virgil and Morgan arrive. His brothers played by Bill Paxton and uh, ba, 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 Sam, ba. Elliott. Sam Elliott. Oh, my God, Mr. How, Elliott. I'm so sorry. There you I did it. My God, I did it twice. But they're all going to Tombstone to get rich. Um, and then <laughs> he says, this is my wife. Her name's Celia Anden. I call her Maddie. My note. Why? <laughs> Yeah. How is that a nickname? Why? Oh, care to explain? <laughs> nope. That's her name. We got just call her Maddie. This is my friend Chris. I I'm, call him Pickles. It's because it's because well, no you, further explanation. It'd be like, no, I call him Paul. <laughs> just another normal. Because I'm Wyatt Earp and I call her whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. Come on, girl. Uh, <laughs> that's how they are, man. Look at the roof. And then I like the scene where they all look at the reflection. Uh, we could be sisters. Uh, the three brothers with their three wives stand there and it's like, they don't see mirrors a lot. You know, they, they do exist. Yeah, the, you can't get a family portrait easily in this day and no. age. So you just have to catch any reflection you can. Yeah, they're like, holy take shit. Advantage. Like, wow, look at us. We are really a family. Somebody clean the glass. This is nice. And then the person in the store is like, what, what are they, they staring at? <laughs> are they going to buy something? You want to come in? We're open. Also, there's a weird line early on. The men kind of separate from the women. They're like, ah, what? Where'd you find that one? Because they've never met his wife before. They've been apart for some years now. Uh, and then he doesn't answer but the other brother says same place we found ours probably and that's it what do you mean sir where did you find these women where you, uh, to the women's store <laughs> i don't understand that, that was the store they were looking at the reflection in. i don't understand the comment same place we found ours probably we got a sale at pennies mm -hmm. buy that, one blonde get two free that little wayne concert i imagine that's where we all got them <laughs> wayne counter <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, what's that call or what's uh, Wyatt Earp about? The three things? Pussy, money, weed. Yeah, he is. You know the song I'm talking about, right? Have you never heard that? <laughs> I'm sure I have. Pussy, money, weed. 
That's the whole chorus. Pussy oh. money weed. <laughs> That's definitely wider. It's a classic. But his wife is a drug addict. She's like, uh, I can't find any heroin at the store. And it, one of the other ladies is like, oh, I got tons of heroin. <laughs> yeah, I can <laughs> It's got she, little hops she, in it. She calls it, what is it? Uh, laudanum. Laudanum. Mm-hmm. That's what they called it back. Back then, I you just, could just buy it at the pharmacy. It's like, it's like a Walgreens. You go, I'll yeah. take two heroines, yeah, please. Yeah, back then, they were like, oh, doctor, I've got like a minor headache. Oh, here's some meth. Mm-hmm. You should butt <laughs> chug this opium. Yeah, just <laughs> here, what you do is you take the needle and you stick it in between your toes. Yeah, <laughs> take that headache right away. Take it right out. Shit, you're only going to live till you're 29 anyway. Who gives <laughs> Who a damn? Who gives a shit? <laughs> That's true. Party. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and then Wyatt says how much <laughs> pussy money. <laughs> I, was, I was like, do I bring it back a third time? I don't think I do. But thank you for saying fuck You're it. You're welcome. <laughs> We're tag team in this one. Wyatt uh, says he misses his uh, Doc Holiday, and Virgil uh, grumbles that he does not. Right? I don't miss him at all. <laughs> Doc's a controversial figure. Uh, and then we cut to the doc himself playing poker. And throughout this whole movie, he's always like a sweaty, pale mess. Cause right? he's got TB. He's got the tuberculosis, uh, the consumption. He's what they call a lunger, which a I lunger. get the impression is a derogatory term for someone who has tuberculosis. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not a nurse and I wish there was one nearby, but there's not. Uh, there, <laughs> could we phone a friend? We might be able to. Isn't tuberculosis highly, uh, contagious? Is it not? Is it highly contagious, friend? It is. Okay. Okay, they're shaking their head. I was hoping they would say yes or no, <laughs> but they're just shaking their head. <laughs> That's what I thought. So he's just longer, and they're all about to be also longers, right? I'll tell you what, boy, I will cough on you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that this matters yet. Until I will spit in your mouth. I'm 50 years away from knowing that that matters, but I will do it. <laughs> Yeah, just say when. I'll do it. God, I love that voice. But yeah, he's pale. He's not looking good, but he's playing poker for hours and hours at a time. His girlfriend, Kate, who I think is like Hungarian or something. Yeah, he calls her Hungarian at one point, but she sounds more like Scottish. She has an accent at times. She has like a brogue accent sometimes. Uh, But Kate's not wearing a bustle. How lewd. How lewd. (laughs) Uh, He's playing with- Damn it, Doc uh, Holliday. Play your cards. His old friend, Ed Bailey. Who calls him an old skinny lunger. Uh, and, you know, he basically he's a and this is actually documented. He's an extremely good poker player. He won a lot and a disproportionate amount of times. Uh, and he's a way faster gunslinger than Ed. Right. Uh, so he, <laughs> he draws before Ed can who then uh, and then puts his guns down in the pot and stabs him, which I thought was a gangster move. Right. Yeah. I'm, shooting you would. That's for wimps. I'm going to stab you with my tiny knife. That's for wimps. So you can survive. Uh, and Kate holds up the barkeep. She's a good partner in crime. They just steal more money on their way out. They do. They grab for, I think it's a craps table, but they, they, they talk about this game. I forget what it's called. It doesn't exist anymore. They mention it a bunch. Damn it. I did a bunch of research on it and I forgot the damn name of the game. It doesn't exist in, uh, Ed Bailey. I do hope we're friends. Casinos. Yeah. That whole, that whole I, bit I just where couldn't bear it. I, if we would were to not be no longer friends, I just don't think I could bear it. He, everything he says, his cadence. I, I I try to be like him as a kid. I guess so yeah, I, it, this this I know this summer it's going to be really hot outside. One day I'm going to get that sweat ring around my shirt, uh-huh. and when that happens, I'm going to get a duster and just wear it on my shoulders, but not like put my arms through the holes and just walk around. And they ins- the and costume department. Like, oh, it's hotter than the Dickens out here. They, they insisted that they wear real wool. 
Oh, falls. <laughs> in the scene where you first meet Josephine, or not meet them, but when they perform Faust and stuff like that with Billy Zane, uh, Val Kilmer had famously told the story that he looked over at the thermostat and it said 136 degrees and they're all wearing wool and shit. And he, Jesus. so he was like, no wonder they were all shooting each other and shit all the time. It was, they're in Arizona <laughs> and wool. Like it's, it's just annoying. Yeah. I would shoot so many people. You're going to be real cranky, real cranky. <laughs> <laughs> I need my AC. That's the only thing keeping me from going crazy. But I love that they steal money on the way out. It's called Pharaoh, by the way. I did remember the, the game's called, oh, the Pharaoh. Game's called Pharaoh. It's actually, uh, a really easy game to win. Like the odds in the player's favor are ever higher. <laughs> that was a Hunger Games reference. It's really uh. stupid. Uh, but yeah, you're much more likely to win back then, which is why casinos don't allow it anymore. But it's a really popular game, real quick action. Um, but that's probably what they were playing on the way out, not craps. Um, and it's what they play later when Wyatt Earp is like the dealer. That's what he's dealing. Pharaoh. Um, but anyway, uh, then she's got the horses waiting and he says, that's why you weren't wearing a bustle. That's, that's fucking good shit. How lewd. So she could ride the horse. Let's not bo bother about the luggage. But then we see a, a beautiful vista as the brothers journey to tombstone. Uh, and then when they arrive, we see one of the tombstones says, here lies Lester Moore, four slugs from a 44, no less, no more. It's a real tombstone, which is a real tombstone and very clever because it's no less like his name was less. Yeah. Also, uh, Tupac said something similar when he said, my fofo, make sure all your kids don't grow. <laughs> Man, this, <laughs> th this movie sure is more gangster than I thought. <laughs> Just the silence and your disappointed face. Steve's take. What's, what's Wyatt Earp about? Tell me them three things. He's <laughs> pussy money weed. He's taken improvisational classes. So he's very good at yes anding. But so I love when I can throw something at you and you go, nope. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Usually it's something I can't expound on. I'm like, I don't know that reference. <laughs> but the brothers are, are riding their wagon through the town for the first time. They're so amazed by the giant city of Tombstone. Hot which, damn, this Berg's jumping. With his chest. <laughs> it's like one muddy street, right? Morgue, it's big, isn't it? I can smell the silver in this town, which what they really smell is ass because yeah. it's 1880. It's so much ass. Yeah. Ass <laughs> and like horse manure. But damn, this Berg's <laughs> jumping. And then at one point, Morg looks over and there's like four whores standing on the street, like literal horse, by the way, people who sell their ass. I think they could just be nice ladies. But he looks at his brothers and he goes, look at, look at them girls over there. Like, who cares what the wives think? Yeah, the, your wife is behind you, sir. Ah. I'm going to get a piece of that later. Oh, honey, what do you think <laughs> about this one? <laughs> Wait, never mind. Go make me a sandwich. <laughs> I just That's those, the energy. Like they're he literally has. riding right behind them. Like, look at these bitches. And uh, they're just like, <laughs> boys. They're so silly. Good thing they're taking us to a town called Tombstone. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be super safe. It's going to be great. I'm going to feel great about it. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, there's a random guy that offers us a cottage the moment we get in the town. I need more heroin. <laughs> we get it. What's her name? <laughs> Maddie. We get That's it. That's not Maddie. her real name. <laughs> Whatever your real name is. Did I tell you guys how much I love heroin? I tell I tell Wyatt not to tell people my real name because I know y'all married to cops. <laughs> <laughs> and I need, mama needs her fix. <laughs> and Wyatt does a little stretch when he gets off the wagon. John Behan, the fancy sheriff of the town, walks up. He's the county uh, sheriff. He, he is. He makes that very clear. He only deals with county business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, he, you know, he, he remarks that Wyatt doesn't even carry a gun, right? I'm the sheriff, the tax collector. 
collector, the captain of the fire brigade, and the chairman of the All-American Anti-Chinese League, as well as the town lot commissioner. So he's got three love, cottages for rent. I love that line because that is the opposite of a save the cat. Like, you know, this guy's a bad guy because he's the head of the Anti-Chinese Partisan League. Yeah. <laughs> you suck. Which, I mean, for the day, probably was a normal thing for a white yeah. dude to be a part of. But in sure. modern day, you're like, oh, that, mm. that guy's kind of racist. Mm-hmm. Kind I get of the feeling frowned upon. I get the feeling frowned upon. Uh, and then we meet Fred White, the marshal, which is what Wyatt Earp used to be. And he talks about the cowboys are the real law around here. And uh, they all wear that red sash. In case you didn't know if you're watching at home or anything, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. The red sash is really important. They were really big into pirate stories and they mm. thought they would wear pirate sashes. Indeed. They went for peg legs first, but thought mm, that's not good for horse riding. Not convenient. Nah. Can't put a stirrup on a stick and just call it a leg. No. Everybody knows that. No. Damn, boy. And there's five casinos just a jumping in this town with only nine buildings. This burg is a jumping. <laughs> God damn. Except for the Oriental, which is a regular slaughterhouse, right? And then uh, Wyatt Earp immediately walks into that bar that they've told they've been told not to go into. Oh, Wyatt. Oh, hey, Same old Wyatt. He does but this every time we We're go both going to spit on the ground while the camera lingers upon us, and then we'll cut to inside the next bar. I do love that about Western movies. Like, they will, the camera always lingers on someone at the end of a scene for half a second longer, just so you can get that punctuation of a spit. Which, they're chewing tobacco, right? Right. That's why you're spitting. Yeah. I don't seem Or maybe they're just really... They're just really mad. I'm so mad I'm spitting. Mm. Well, the one guy, when he's uh, talking... Ed Bailey, when he's talking shit to Doc, he spits too. He's like, uh, we're, that doesn't mean we're not friends anymore. Oh, that spit in, in, in indicated, yes, it does in fact mean that, sir. I don't understand what you just uh, communicated to me. <laughs> you think they would spit less due to the fact that they're... It's so hot and they're wearing wool. They're going to save that hydration. Yeah. If they were in the Dune universe, that would be a sign of respect. Mm. Speed so. on it. <laughs> speed on it. But inside. Come on now. Let's spit on it. Who's, who's making all this fuss? Uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. Almost unrecognizable. I did not recognize Yeah, This him. is like pre Angelina Jolie. Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, he had a little he had a little weight on him. He did. He yeah. did. This is pre-sling blade. I think of him as a pretty gaunt guy. Yeah, typically. Yeah. But so, I, originally, no, he was on a TV show. I forget which one. My dad, if God rest him, would be upset. But I think he was famous from a TV show, and that's when he looked like this. But the barkeep's name is Milt Joyce, and he explains that guy over there just walked in one day. He's got pistols. He's real angry and mean, and he decided he's a dealer. Uh, smells. Yeah. He ain't so, good with women. Phew, terrible. Wyatt Earp goes over there. Uh, he takes and, his shoes off on airplanes. <laughs> he's a real piece of work. They have the best interaction, almost, like top three in the movie. Uh he said, you're talking real uh, confident for a man who don't go healed. I don't need to be healed to get the bulge on a tub like you. Is that a fact? That's a fact. Smoke, <laughs> Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens, which yeah. sounds very gay. <laughs> Love that. Skin that smoke wagon. See what happens. Jerk that pistol and go to work. <laughs> <laughs> you show me yours, I'll show you mine. I had to put a pillow in my lap. <laughs> I was like, you're, you're like, oh, stop it. Kurt Russell quit doing things to me. Throw down. I was like, I'm about to. <laughs> but he slaps him repeatedly until there's blood coming from his mouth. You going to do something or just stand there and bleed? No, sir. With that squinty Kurt Russell face. So he, he grabs him by the ear, calls him a child and throws him out on his ass and then looks at the barkeep. We're talking Milt Joyce and says 25% of the house take and he's going to be the dealer now. I'm going to get this place jumping like the rest of this burg, damn it. And uh, That's a nice establishment, too. I was kind of like, man. 
What a great place for no one to go visit. I'm kind of glad that Kurt Russell did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Milton and Joyce is going to really appreciate that. He walks outside and goes to tell Morgan and Virgil that he's got them a new job already. And that's when Johnny Tyler, played by Bella Bob Thornton, runs up with a shotgun to shoot Wyatt in the back, not knowing who he is. But luckily, Doc Holliday's there. Johnny Tyler. And, uh, oh, Doc, I didn't know you were back in town. And it does so much for his character that you can tell, you can see the fear in Johnny instantly, right? Mm-hmm. And then once he learns that it's Wyatt Earp that he's almost shot, you, the fear deepens. And so you know that these are two mythological level figures in this day and age, right? Uh, and then, of course, some more great lines from Val Kilmer. He looks at Johnny, who's been standing there for a while. You may go now, you know. <laughs> oh, Johnny, I thought, I forgot you were even here. You can go now. <laughs> Isn't that a daisy? leave the leave the shotgun just leave it on the ground i don't want it right uh and that's when he introduces doc to the sheriff uh which i think is hilarious because doc holiday hates cops he just Mm -hmm. loves wyatt for whatever reason i don't know the history they have a history together uh and he says oh wyatt uh and forgive me if i don't shake hands like (laughs) he just refuses to even meet the man right um while they're standing I, I there, I love how Bihan says something along the lines of like, "This is a this is a respectable community. We're a we're a we're, this burg is a jumping. It's going to be uh, the next San Francisco. It's going to be the next years, San Francisco. Right? And then right as he says that, like these guys get thrown out of the saloon and get shot in the street. A couple murders pop. A couple off. murders just happen casually in the middle of the day, and Doc Holliday's like very cosmopolitan. <laughs> <laughs> and those murders were committed by none other than Old Turkish Creek Johnson and Texas Jack Vermillion. Another uh, couple of famous figures throughout history. And it all basically happened because they were gambling and somebody called Creek Johnson a liar. That's why, you know, deserve to die for that. You don't just say that shit. Yeah. Uh, And then that's when. when. Say when. That's when fucking Billy Zane arrives and he talks to Josephine. They do this whole uh, poetic introduction. So they're just a traveling entertainment act, Troop of right? artists, like yeah. Artists, like an art, like an actor's troupe. Well, we find out at the end of the movie, Josephine's got a, a very wealthy mother and father. She, she doesn't yeah. have to do anything. She just traveled the country for fun. She likes, she likes adventure. She likes fun. She looks at uh, Wyatt Earp and says, I want one. I want one. I want that. I know what them handlebars on that mustache are for. That's for a whole That's non. for a hold <laughs> Because this horse bucks. <laughs> and then we go to the, we cut to the theater. Everybody in town's in there because there ain't shit else to do but murder and drink. And they're tired of those two things. And the cowboys are in there as well. They're hooting and a hollering and raising a fuss. It is like a goddamn Fast and Furious movie premiere in the theater in there right now. Just all the hooligans are out. And I threw that one to you. That was for you, Steve, because I know that's a rough crowd. That's a rough crowd. Fast and Furious 5. Woo! Woo! Hot damn. <laughs> no, thank you. And they're like shooting at the axe and stuff, right? Like they're yeah. completely incorrigible. They were not feeling the... Uh, not fans the, of juggling. The juggling guy. Uh-uh. They're like, catch this! <laughs> Shoot one of his pins. <laughs> but they become entranced by Josephine and uh, Billy Zane. Uh, the Earps are also there, like I said. Mayor Klum. Uh, tries to hire him again as a marshal and he denies the job again. Mm-hmm. Nope. Hanging out at the theater right now, Mayor. No, thank you, sir. Uh, and then, but when Billy Zane comes out there, I think <laughs> he, they shoot at him. He's very brave, in fact, right? Like he stands there, continues yeah, his he just takes monologue. It with a smile. But Curly Bill's looking up there and he basically says something to the effect of, I kind of want to fuck that dude. Is that weird, fellas? And they're all like, not at all. Well, then they go to, uh, what was the character that like obviously has a thing for for Billy. His Zane. name is Billy. That dude's name is Billy. Yeah. Okay. So he goes to Billy's character. Like, what do you think? Billy's He's like, amazing. I like him. 
a lot. He's gorgeous. He's he's Billy Zane. <laughs> I love Titanic. <laughs> this is before that, but it's good. it's going to be real good. <laughs> but Billy Zane, I've seen so the brave. script. It's great. And then she comes out in performing Faust. She plays the devil in a, in a performance of Faust. And uh, I love this line. I love the reveal because they start Faust, and one of the 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 camera focuses on a sign that shows like Faust and the yeah you know the name of the play, and then it cuts to one of the cowboys and the 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 theater just lean over and go that's Faust. <laughs> <laughs> I seen this one before. I see this one's good. <laughs> There's a really cool moment where Curly Bill, um, he comes up with it. If I was the uh, I'd I'd trick that devil and shove it up his ass or something like that. Right. He's yeah. still thinking of Billy Zane is why that came to his mind. Uh, but then he turns to Johnny Ringo and he says, what would you do if you sold your soul to the devil? And Look, he just, darling, Johnny Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He just says, I already did it, which I thought was a cool line. Right. Yeah. He already sold his soul. One real minor thing, but as someone who came from stage production, I got a, such a kick out of the stage manager taking With a the bottle. liquor bottle. Yeah, he had like a bottle of uh, bourbon or something, and he's just holding it up to the stage light, sloshing it about to get to give the appearance of firelight yeah. on stage. I was like, oh, that's cool. I really, I like that I too. Like that like they're having a good old time. It's hot and sweaty in there. Yeah, they're shooting at things. I wondered about the ceiling when they all happily shot the ceiling. <laughs> they're just shooting the ceiling right and left. I thought maybe is it like is it open aired? Maybe I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think it was, but it was really cool stage production. I, I like that you pointed that out for sure. Um, but anyway, they're having a good Josephine time watching Faust. the devil. She's great. She's great. I'll be damned. And uh, Wyatt like does this. He does a very obvious like, oh, my God. Yeah. Maddie's not happy with how. Look at that. It's like devil. it's like when my wife comes downstairs and I'm watching a Kristen Stewart movie. It's like <laughs> inappropriately into it. Right. I'm just like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> but he says she's something like, cool. Hey, she's like, "Hey, honey, like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thirty-seven minutes left." Um, she goes off screen for two minutes and thirty-eight seconds. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> but he says, "I'll be damned," which obviously is in reference to the play. But he's just saying it like, "Damn, she's pretty, right?" Yeah. And then Val Kil or Doc Holiday uh, says something to the effect of, uh, "You can be," you know. <laughs> uh, it, it's just a neat little interplay. I thought it was very clever. I just. I feel in a way I feel so bad for his wife because all of this for is happening sure. right next to her and no one's not trying to hide it. Like no. Wyatt Earp is kind of like, Oh my God. Oh shit. My wife's next to me. I shouldn't do that. I'm I'm in the wrong. I'm in the wrong. I shouldn't do that. But doc Holiday's like, fucking get it. My man. <laughs> the last few times that, well, he of all people is like, shouldn't have married her for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, the last few times I've watched this, I've just been like, I don't, Wyatt, our protagonist treats his wife. Like she sucks, but like all evidence that we see lends you to believe that most of that is because he sucks. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, treats the, are very poorly. The movie does a very thing where it's like, oh, Wyatt Earp's treating his wife so poorly. She's being such a jerk to her. How dare she? Oh, she's addicted to drugs. Oh, well, she deserves it. Sure. Like that's how the movie kind of treats her, which is like the thing I don't like about the movie. <laughs> yep. And then outside of the theater afterward, Morgan asks about God. And I guess he's found religion recently and says that a man told him that you can see a light at the end of the tunnel, which is the pathway to heaven right before you die. Look at the stars, Chris. If God made all that, then decided to make a little speck like me. <laughs> I find it flattering, really. And that's so charming, though, isn't it? <laughs> Morgan, don't you just want to hang out with Morgan? What a nice Mor guy. Morgan is like looking into spirituality. He's mm. on a journey. He's a good man. And I kind of want to. I kind of want to be there with Morgan on this journey. I do but, too. But his older brother Samuel is like this goddamn kid. Mm. 
He's been reading the comic books again. Don't even grow a mustache. Mm. And Virgil's wife wants to hang out. Oh, no, she wants to bang. Right. Yeah. She's like, I'm taking I'm taking Marlboro man here Mm. and I'm going to smoke that. (laughs) (laughs) And then somebody says, that's why her maiden name was Sullivan. I didn't get that reference. Uh, I know Ed Sullivan wasn't a thing yet, Uh, but Wyatt turns his wife down. Maddie asks to uh, hang out as well. And this Mm -hmm. is one of the first times you see him be like, I got to work. I got to work, babe. And she's like, oh, instantly disappointed and deflated. Right. And then and. So she uh, immediately starts licking some laudanum. All right, I guess I'll just do heroin. Uh, and it, oh, is that the bottle Lou gave you? So she's really defensive about that. Like, yes, but it's clearly not, right? She's gotten some, she's already re-upped. Well, you didn't give it to me. Mm-mm. And he's got to go make some money, right? So he does make a lot of money, even on his first night. Uh, and then Doc questions Wyatt about Maddie and Wyatt's monogamy and their whole basis of their relationship, right? And he doesn't have super good answers. Um, and he says, so you mean to tell me if that dusky hued lady Satan came in right now, you know, what would you do? Dusky you, I love his Satan. vernacular. Like I've literally modeled my personality off of the, the sly, like good vocabulary, silver tongued cretin that is Doc Holliday. Like I just, <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, but he knows he's already seen her through the window that she's about to walk in. And he says, oh, well, we'll see, right? Because he says, I'll ignore her. That's what I'll, I'll do. That's what I'll do. I'll ignore her. And he says, uh, ah, hell. Ah, hell. Which is because she played the devil. It's another little clever entendre, right? Uh, but he does successfully ignore her at first. That's fast. Doc, <laughs> Doc <laughs> pretends to be impressed. Uh, and Fabian, played by Billy Zane, gets applause as well as he enters. So they, they like, love him. They like the artists, right? Yeah, and um, he was great. He deserved it. He, he did. Won, he went monologue. over the Cowboys with that talent, all right? That skill. He would have gotten an Oscar back then if they existed. It would, uh, Misty's uh, monologue, I think, from Yellow Jackets would have gotten the same reaction. That yep. was very impressive. Very impressive. But Wyatt Earp is getting an auto, or giving, giving an autograph to a, a local patron. Oh, you, you forget, she, like, all these people ask her to dance, and she starts to make her way towards him because you can tell, like, they both want to dance with each other. Yeah, the sexual and he, energy. And he turns his back to her, and Doc Holliday's like, for... <laughs> I stand corrected, Wyatt. You're an oak. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so goddamn good. Everything he says. You're an oak. But Herb signing an autograph when Curly Bill comes up. And then Ike's dumbass, played by Stephen Lang, Mr. Kansas, law dog. Uh, Ike's hilarious, right? And uh, <laughs> But stealing the scene yet again, Doc Holliday introducing Johnny Ringo, talking to his uh, girlfriend, it's Johnny Ringo. Ringo. <laughs> but he, I, I do love, I do want to real quick. I love Ike's like, law don't go around here, law man. Law don't go around here, law man. And he's like, and he's like heard you the first time. Yeah, just like, <laughs> you suck. Like immediately establishes Ike as just this idiot. But but when Doc looks at Kate and says, should I hate him? Talking about Johnny, should right? Should I hate him? <laughs> oh, he speaks Latin. I think I, he's an educated man. I definitely hate him. Yeah, they argue uh, for quite a long time in Latin. Uh, and I love the line where uh, Johnny Ringo's like, are you retired too? And he's like, not me. I'm in my prime. I'm in my As prime. As he's like a sweaty, yeah. pale, gross mess. <laughs> yeah. Clearly dying. He's like, I'm in my prime. You look it. <laughs> well, then somebody says, ignore Doc. He's drunk because he's being quite rude. And his first line in Latin, he says, is uh, in vino veritas, which I think means in drunk is the truth or something like, right? It's just, it happens to ha- 
It's something to do with like, I tell the truth in my cups, right? When I'm drinking wine, that's what that means. So he's saying, under the influence of alcohol, a person tells the truth. Yeah. Three words. Damn. Latin was strong. Latin be crazy. <laughs> uh, but there's a whole iconic scene where Ringo twirls his gun and does some fancy gun slinging theatrics. The entire bar is infinitely pleased. And in response, Doc Holliday twirls his his alcohol cup, cup, his tiny cup, his tiny little thimble cup, which is the only thing he could have done. It elicits such a huge laugh. Like it deflates really deflates everything. the tension. Yeah, it's it's quite good. Uh, and that's when in the next scene, Cur- uh, and Curly Bill loved it. He starts laughing. And he's like, drinks are on me because he just won $500. By the way, this is the second time in this movie in less than 25 minutes that somebody has won $500 instantly in 1880. Isn't that like fifty grand? I don't know. It's, oh, it's a lot of fucking money, yeah, right? It has to be a ton. He just of casually money. was like, as soon as what Curly Bill walked up, oh, that's a winner, five hundred bucks. Like, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa! Now well, the bar has to shut down, and we're leaving. <laughs> that's a lot of fucking money, Curly Bill. But yeah, drinks are on me. And then when Joe, does this take place? Eighteen in the eighteen eighties. I'm going to say 1880. I want to see if I can get like a conversion rate. Oh, you definitely can. $500 in 1880 is equivalent to the purchasing power of about $14,795. Yeah, you just casually gave the man 15 racks. Dang. And that's what uh, Doc Holliday won from Ed Bailey, which is why he was so mad. Are we not friends anymore? I would, it would tear me asunder to hear that we were not friends anymore. I just anymore. couldn't bear it. Josephine learns about Wyatt Earp uh, briefly, and then Wyatt runs into Josephine while he's out riding the next day. She is uh, an asshole. Can I just say this? Oh, is she? Well, he comes up to her, and he's like, oh, my goodness. Uh, sorry to, you know, fancy meeting you here. And she's like, yeah, it is quite fortuitous. Fortuitous means lucky. I okay, know what it means. I'm done. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're done here. You just assumed I don't know what fortuitous means just because I got this mustache. Uh, and then Wyatt, Wyatt's horse is picking up the fucky vibes because he's like, oh, your mare is in heat. My, my horse wants to pound it. It's the uh, scent. It kind of reminds me. Did you hear the story of like how, um, what's his name? Ron DeSantis in college would say he would go on dates with women and say, hey, I want to take you to my favorite thigh restaurant. Do you like thigh food? purposely to see if women would correct him and say, do you mean Ty? Cause then he'd be like, Oh, she's a smart one. Dumper. <laughs> Did you hear that story? No, that's what that reminds me. of. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Supposedly, a, according to like a college. Friend allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly that terrible yeah. person. Yeah. Allegedly. Well, <laughs> well, that's fact. That's with fact. that particular but that one. story yeah, is alleged. <laughs> So yeah, the, even the horses are horny in this scene. And he said, well, we better split up then. And she's like, or your mares and heat, we can run it out of them. And I thought it was funny. I wish his horse would have immediately just caught up and fucked hers. <laughs> <laughs> I told you to split them I up. I told you it. it wouldn't work. <laughs> You've made their lust more powerful. <laughs> My horse is so fast. <laughs> and then they both have to walk home while the horses smoke cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> and then for some reason they have like a fucking whole ass picnic. I guess one of them was prepared to do that alone. Uh, and hey, get, if you go riding, you got to prepare, be prepared for a picnic. We don't you? Yeah. And they, uh, they get real. And she asked him about, Oh, it's the first time I've ever seen you laugh. Well, you've only seen me like three times in the space of six minutes each, but, uh, okay. And <laughs> yeah. she asked him if he's really happy. He doesn't confidently answer that. Right. Like, yeah. I'm happy. I think I know if I'm happy, I'm very happy. Do I seem unhappy? Yeah. I'm very happy. Hmm. 
I find myself a nice sweaty heroin addict to shack up with for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh. I can speak as one of the people, Steve. The wife's store gave me a defective one. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully kept the receipt. <laughs> uh, and then she... <laughs> He asked her, we got an email. Why do you do that when you say Caligula? Why not? Why not? Do you not listen to the rest of the show? Do you not know who Caligula is? <laughs> uh, but he talks about his idea of heaven, what he wants from life. And then he asked her what her idea is. And she says, room service. She wants to live traveling carefree. The real one percenter. Honestly, I don't like it. The idea that you could just live off of other people's labor and, and room service. I don't like leaving outside my house. <laughs> <laughs> They have their little picnic. It's not looking good for uh, Wyatt's new marriage, right? But she's kind of with Behan these days so that he finds that annoying. But then he asked her a lot about that, too. Like, why are you with that Behan? She's like, I don't know. He cool. (laughs) He cool. For now. Do you ever notice that in Western movies, you can always tell which dudes are the bad guys if they all if they're wearing a bowler hat? Yeah. Like all dudes who wear bowler hats in that time period are usually like well off crooked cops. Or they're just the law in general and we're supposed to not, you know, you know. Well, and originally it was white hats and black hats, literally. Right. Yeah, right. But then, yeah, I think bowler hats because Billy Bob Thornton's character is, is wearing a bowler hat as well. I think so. Yeah. But and then, so is, I think uh, Marshall Fred White is. He's, he's cool. Yeah. Fred. Fred's pretty cool. Yeah. He's all right. He's all right. We don't have right. to worry about him too much for too long. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but we come back to Maddie and I think she's like, it's one of my least favorite parts of the movie is she's like over. She's very much losing it already. And he doesn't care. Yeah. She's in bed. It's early. She's covered in sweat. She's like thrashing back and forth. He comes in. Maddie, how you, how was your day? Huh? Oh, it's good. Oh, okay. Yeah. You okay? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I had a great day. And it's just like, <laughs> wait, are we just gonna, you're not gonna inquire deeper at all. You don't, you don't care. I'm going to ignore the fact <laughs> that my wife is a drug addict. I'm just going to crawl right into bed and talk about my day and my oh, plans. What I do definitely didn't hit on an actress all afternoon. Mm-mm. That's not what I did. Mm-mm. However, oh, I did get the idea from no one in particular that we should leave town and just live on room service the rest of our life. I don't want to get out of bed. <laughs> How much heroin will we need? Does room service have heroin? I need it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Every five years, I look back and I'm like, I don't even know that guy. I don't like that guy. My values have changed completely. And that's a good thing. That means I'm growing as a person. You know, I learn new things about myself all the time when I look back and things that used to be okay with me no longer are. I maybe want to want something completely different out of life. And therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or the, why we react the way we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you're at right now. And that can be a tough thing to find. I work in the mental health field, have for many years. And even then, looking for a therapist can be an exhausting process, especially dealing with all the ins and outs of insurance. And eventually you're just like, ah, I just won't worry about it, right? But what BetterHelp does is it connects you online. It's all entirely online. You can shop through different therapists to to try to meet your needs. And then you can switch therapists rather easily if you're not jiving with the one that you've got. 
And I personally have, this is, this is me getting real for a second. I've been trying to talk myself into securing a therapist for myself for a long time, like multiple years. I still, to this day, have not done it. I have no personal experience with therapy, except maybe you could call it group therapy with the 12 step stuff that I do, but I've got like severe anxiety, all kinds of shit going on. And I know that I need a therapist. And so I really like this sponsor, just connecting people easily right where they're at, right in their home with something that they probably desperately need. Uh, but back at the Oriental, Doc is playing piano and the Cowboys decide to maybe a good idea to mess with the most famously dangerous gunslinger in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's this great scene because it's Thomas Hayden Church and he wants to hear uh, what's that corny ass like star spangled composer he's thinking of. Um, oh, I didn't write him down. I know. Uh, uh, he says he, something. Fucking Holiday's playing Stephen Forster, I think. Right. Stephen fucking Forster. Isn't that who it is? Uh, oh, yeah. Because then he retorts like, it's, no, it's, this is a, a nocturne. And he's like, what? Frederick fucking Chopin. Chopin. <laughs> <laughs> I just love I love it. Which is sad because Chopin also died of TB. Oh, he mm-hmm. just loved his TV buddies, mm-hmm. TBBs, TB buds, <laughs> Curly. It's a terrible affliction. Though. It's an awful illness, <laughs> but you are friends not forever because it will end. <laughs> Curly. Curly Bill uh, is over in an opium den having a fucking great time. He comes out all high as giraffe pussy. <laughs> as what? Did you just say giraffe pussy? Uh, we watched a very different version of that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that came, that's actually a very popular idiom in uh, the 12 step groups. And it came out out of habit because giraffes are high up. So their vaginas would or- be. Or high up. <laughs> I follow, and that's how high he is. Yeah. Okay. You get it? I get it now. <laughs> but Curly Bill comes out. <laughs> He's very high. And he, he feels capital. <laughs> he does say that. I feel capital. I feel capital. And he starts shooting his guns all high. That's what you like to do in America. And then, uh, you know, that doesn't work out for everybody starts running back to their houses. And then Sheriff Coward, otherwise known as Behan, he's like, well, this ain't my, this is a marshal's job. This ain't a county issue. I don't do shit, really. Uh, and then Bill, unfortunately, shoots the marshal. And this is one of the scenes that's burned into my mind from childhood because of the way that he, like, pretends to give his guns up and shoots him upside down. Yeah, he, like, pulls the trigger with his pinky. I, like, did that a lot with my toy guns as a kid. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, I'm sneaky. You think? Didn't know this was coming? Ah, uh, you're right. I want you to ah, get you tricky. <laughs> like, tricky. I'm Curly Bill. I'm capital. Can you actually shoot a gun like that? I feel like that would hurt. You could pull the trigger and the hammer wouldn't. Hit your hand or anything. Yeah, I don't know about the, the, recoil. the recoil. Like fling the gun back in your Not face. If you're Curly Bill and you're high as That's true. shit. Yeah, he's like giraffe pussy high. <laughs> That's not how you say it. Oh, sorry. You could also say high as gas, like prices. Oh, That's okay. I like that one. I can, yeah, high as a kite. That's a classic. Yeah. You've heard well, that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Not the classic. But anyway, uh, they should, poor Fred goes down. Pretty instantly, right? They kill Fred White. And then they, some people in the town want to hang Curly Bill. Hang him. Hang him right now. No trial. Uh, Ike and company are very angry. Let him go because it's uh, Wyatt Earp that comes out and citizen arrests um, 
uh, Curly Bill. And Doc comes to the rescue because they're very violent, right? But there's a great scene with Ike first where he puts his gun to Ike's forehead. And basically, a lot of people do that in these days, and he doesn't think much of it. He's like, no, seriously, let him go. And he's like, I'll turn your fucking head into a canoe. <laughs> yeah. And he's like looking at Kurt Russell's crazy eyes like, oh, my God, he's going to shoot me. He's going to shoot me. No, listen to what he says, guys. Back up, Bill. Back up. Back up. Which is Thomas Hayden Church. Uh, I think that's his brother. They're both Clantons, by the way. Oh, are they? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't pick up on that. So it makes it more cowardly later in the OK Corral when Ike just runs after his brother brother dies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But Doc shows up in one of another one of his fucking incredible scenes uh, where the guy said it's Thomas Hayden Church's character that says, you're so drunk, you couldn't shoot me. You're seeing double. And he's like, well, I got two guns. I'll shoot both of them. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking hilarious. Uh, It's the best thing in the world. Tell me it's not. I'll call you a liar. And then what? I guess you have to shoot me because that's what happens when I call you a liar. But everything kind of escalates quickly. Then Virgil shows up. I didn't see Morgan. I don't know if you did. Um, but I'm I know sure he was. Yeah, he was there when, when they all show up with their, they both have like rifles when they show up. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Virgil had a shotgun for sure, but everybody comes to the rescue um, and they end up taking Curly Bill away. Um, we cut to Wyatt. He's playing pool. And we learn quickly that Judge Spicer basically threw out the Curly Bill case. He's can't a, have a murder without a witness. <laughs> too scared to prosecute any other cowboys, essentially. And Wyatt wants to open his own casino. And he's not even giving a shit about this whole case with Curly Bill. Virgil is clearly not feeling it. He's, mm-hmm. His conscience is getting the best of him. He's conflicted. Morgan's the, still like, oh, this is great. Decent folks are suffering. Morgan's like, hey, man, when we get rich, we're all going to have billiards tables in each of our homes because, man, I love this game. Hey, we. I was in Aliens. Who we? This game is jumping. <laughs> this perg's jumping. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a string on his back, and that's all he says when you pull it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the mayor comes up to Wyatt. They all tell him to fuck off. And like he's like pounding his pool cue and stuff like, here, here. That's what I'm talking about. Tell him to fuck off. Um, but you can tell that his last words affected Virgil. He says, you guys keep getting rich. Everybody out there is suffering, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Morgan tries to be cool. He reminds me of that younger brother who just wants to say what he thinks his brothers want him to oh, say. Oh, that's 100% what he is, yeah. And in that moment, he says something really inappropriate when he's like, I'm suffering because I'm losing this game or something like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Everybody's like, not now, buddy. That's not, not now, cool. Man. That's yeah. not cool. This isn't the time of play. <laughs> So the one thing, another small criticism I have for this movie is basically, I think Bill Paxton is uh, inappropriately cast. Really? Not that. So it's complicated. Like, I love Bill Paxton. I think he's great in this. I think he's a lot of fun. But what they're they're obviously making this character like he's the youngest brother and he's just trying to, you know, uh, uh, follow in his older brother's footsteps. And they treat him obviously as the younger brother who's a little naive to the world. But Bill Paxton is like the same goddamn age as Kurt Russell. It's just like a grown ass man. He who's always like really plays dumb. a nut job like, you know, uh, who overshoots the mark character typically. Mm-hmm. Right. Like talking about his character in Aliens is an as a nut. Yeah. Uh, wee, wee, you know, wee, wee. and his character in Near Dark is the same way, uh, mm-hmm. which is probably why he got cast in Aliens. Uh, so I could see that, actually. I, I know what you're getting at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so but I do love him. I just I don't want people to get that impression. I just think it was an interesting choice to cast Bill Paxton over like maybe a younger actor. I get it. I can see that. Looks more impressionable. 
The cowboys later raise hell in the town in the next scene. Virgil sees all the families affected, a young woman and her child. She's got a gnarly scar on her yeah, face. Yeah, he's like, oh, man, I don't like that scar at all. I bet that was from a cowboy. I wish she would wear a bonnet or something. Luna, <laughs> <laughs> you should hide that. Especially if you're going to work with children. You don't want to be giving them night terrors. <laughs> and then the next scene, Virgil's, uh, he's wearing a badge and he sets a gun ban, which is something we typically don't do in America. I could see why everybody's upset. Morgan uh, is also with him trying to be supportive. I love how Virgil's <laughs> doing the same thing we're doing. He was doing 200 years ago, what we're still doing today. Like, hey, I'm not taking your guns. Yeah. You can still carry your guns. You just can't carry them in town. That's not so bad, is it? And I was like, rabble, 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 rabble. What? <laughs> How am I going to fight the government? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and so Wyatt confronts him, right? He tries to talk him out of it. Like, hey, we came here to get rich. We all did our parts as lawmen, at least Virgil and uh, Wyatt have. And um, he, he talks about how it's dangerous, but also taking a life. He would say you don't get killed. Now, I've only done it once in my life. It's haunted me ever since, right? He realizes, hey, I haven't even made a dent, have I? He gets pissed off and storms out, right? You guys are making a mistake. Uh, and Wyatt sees Josephine singing in the casino. Um, Doc's been playing poker for 36 hours straight with, might I, I, I add, consumption. Um, and he's playing Ike, who gets angry, who's lost 12 hands in a row because Doc's the greatest poker player who ever lived. Uh, and he ends up getting in a fight with Virgil. The doc collapses with blood coming out of his mouth. Ike slaps the shit out of the bartender. He thinks everybody's gone and starts talking shit about how he's going to kill all the herps next time he sees them. But Virgil's standing right behind him like, I heard everything you just see. It uh, hits him over the forehead with the butt of his pistol, takes his guns, and locks him up, right? You're all pimps. You're all pimps. Uh, doc's condition has advanced. 60% of his lung tissue is gone. Uh, he says all the drinking, staying up late, smoking, and fucking has to stop. And he's like, Doc, get the hell out of here. That's the dumbest thing you've ever said. <laughs> but he actually thinks about maybe I should slow down to prolong my life. And his girl, Kate, won't let him, right? Like, come on, ride you right now. He's just going to be fine. You might he's, be the Antichrist. Yeah. You're, you're, I love you, but you might be the Antichrist. But when it cuts from Antichrist to Wyatt uh, asking to be sworn in when the Cowboys arrive, uh, and he gets, he goes back home and gets his old gun. Peacemaker. Old, a fucking peacemaker. Uh, it's a really long barreled uh, pistol. Mm -hmm. And Maddie's in there, high as hell. What are you doing? You getting your gun? <laughs> are you going to go rob somebody for heroin? Can I come? <laughs> uh, and they find out that the uh, cowboy members are waiting for them in the OK Corral. That sounds familiar. And Doc wants in, right? This ain't got nothing to do with you, Doc. Why? That's the damn worst thing you've ever said to me. Some shit like that, right? They approach the OK Corral before a burning building. I guess they set a burn a building on fire on their way to the corral. Yeah, it's like knocking over a trash can. <laughs> Fuck in, this in building. Wild West time. Unless it was the Oriental, maybe. I don't know. Um, I do like how they're, they're walking down the street and there's like that iconic shot of the four of them walking yes. down the road. But you see the building in the background and they all look at the building. And it's like, what's going on? That's weird. When did that happen? Huh. Should we should we do something? There's a guy in the back. If you look really closely, he's like slinging tiny buckets of water on it. Really? He's trying. Oh, Bill, you ain't doing anything. Look, I know you guys are about to have an iconic gunfight, but this whole town's about to burn down. This is the hospital. <laughs> and no one is helping. Slash 
school, and Behan is the doctor and the teacher. And Where's he's he nowhere at? to be found. Where's he at? <laughs> oh, he's at an anti-Chinese committee meeting? <laughs> this this movie's like The Sims, and Behan's just the main case, everything. <laughs> he, what, what was that uh, Animal Crossing? He's Tom Nook. Yeah. He's the Tom <laughs> Nook of the Wild Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they approach the OK Corral. Kids run up popping caps and scare the shit out of them, and they have to kick them out. Um, oh, yeah, that one kid that scares them is funny. Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. Like, OK. I almost kid. shot you, kid. Um there's a moment that's really cool. I mean, there's a long moment of tension where they go from like, it's like really, you know, um, Sergio Leone style where they go from eyeballs to eyeballs and like the, the tension ramps up. And the score is very 60s old school spaghetti Western throughout this mm-hmm. whole movie gives it a classic feel. Um, but there's a moment where Wyatt can look in the eyes of, I think, Billy Clanton and can tell that they're about to draw and he goes, Oh God, you know, cause he doesn't want to have to kill anybody. Oh God. Cause I, uh, cause, um, doc holiday winks at Thomas Hayden church. He improvised that. Oh, did he? Did you know that? I did yeah. Not Val Kilmer just did that. Uh, it was not in the script or anything. Just it like, looks, it's, it's a good, like, cause you could see a character like Thomas Hayden church, like that man just wink me. <laughs> I'm feeling things. I'm the Sandman. <laughs> I just want to say my daughter. And I'm in wings. Yeah, he is. Nobody watched that. Sideways. Can we name the <laughs> can we name all the other Thomas Hayden Church? I'm all out, actually. <laughs> I'm all out. Um, but yeah, so the, the they all they basically gun down all of the um Ooh, yes. Yeah. There it is. Everybody but Ike. Yeah, because Ike's like in a barrel. He's, he's literally fishing a barrel, he's but they a don't coward. shoot him. He runs up and he says, don't shoot me, please. And he I says, don't have a, I don't have a gun on me. The fight's commenced. So get to fighting or get away. That's what so, Kurt Russell says. So he runs away. He runs into the house and he, does he steal Behan's gun? Yeah. He steals Behan's gun and starts shooting at them from behind. So, Missing. They, so they go and just light up the, the house. And then he goes running out the back door. Like I, I'm I running for real now. Shit. Uh, oh, I'm out of bullets. I'm out of, I don't have a gun in again. And no, but he survives this entire movie. It's really frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> the one dude you want to see get his come up. Yeah. Never does. Yeah. He's just a little coward and keeps getting away. He does off screen, but Virgil gets shot in the leg and Morgan gets shot in the arm, but that's, there's no casualties per se on the, on our Erp gang side. Right. Uh, but before everything, there is one casualty. Morgan's innocence. Mm, that's true. Because he kills a man. And damn it, Morgan, you don't know what it's like till you do it. That's because a man gets the draw on uh, Doc Holliday. And he says, I got you now, you son of a bitch. And Doc Holliday says, you're a daisy if you do. Isn't that a daisy? <laughs> <laughs> Which is what he so, famously really said to that man when that happened. You're a daisy if you do. And Morgan killed him. Isn't there a... Um wouldn't Doc Holliday have, have killed him without Morgan's help? Because didn't doesn't he have his hands up, but then he does like a very flourish with his gun and he still shoots his gun? I don't know about that. I mean, he just kind of put both hands wide open with, with the revolvers in his hands. But he does like a weird little flourish and his gun goes Where he off. was about to. Oh, really? I didn't notice that. I couldn't tell if that was like him doing a weird move like he always had the situation under control and Morgan just happened to also maybe. shoot him. Like maybe first. I just um, took it as kill me. I don't care. Oh, I know a, that I'm days to months from death, you know. Oh, I thought he was playing a possum. <laughs> You're a daisy if you do. If you do. And then the last syllable, he shot him. Gotcha. Sheriff Behan runs out like a douche and tries to arrest them. And uh, Wyatt Earp says, I don't think I'll let you arrest us today, Behan. It makes him look like a straight business in front of Josephine. Like, all right. Yeah, that's fair. You got me. 
And Josephine, queen of smiling at inappropriate times, gives Wyatt the biggest smile amidst all the smoke and pain and dead bodies. And then Maddie happens to turn the corner with her other friends, checking on all their husbands and sees that fucking huge smile from that actress lady looking at her husband. Yeah. And then she just first and then she runs away. And this happens like three times in the movie where something happens where Wyatt's either just out of danger or he's really upset. And she stands there and wants to comfort him. Maddie and runs. runs up behind him and he doesn't see her. Josephine runs up from in front of her. He sees her. She smiles at him and he just kind of like, ah, he doesn't really yeah. like engage. <laughs> but Maddie's still like, he's looking at that actress lady and runs away. Well, she knows she's not the one. She's not the one. Yeah. But it's sad to see that uh, his uh, lack of attention is driving her to drug addiction and ultimately an early grave. <laughs> well, we don't know. She, he said she had a past and he did too when they met. So maybe mm. she's been doing the laudanum for quite some time mm. as Doc Holliday Boy would say. Haps. But the Cowboys get a funeral slash protest. They're carrying a sign that says murder on the streets of Tombstone. And uh, Morgan doesn't like killing. He tells uh, Wyatt he was right. And Wyatt cuts like him off. I know. I already know, dude. I already know. I told you to begin with. And then Deputy Billy uh, is mad they killed his friends, right? That's the little nerdy guy from the uh, theater. Mm-hmm. You killed my friends. All they ever did was make fun of him. And then Johnny Ringo is drunk as hell. That's Johnny Ringo. I want your blood and I want your souls and I want them both right now. Uh, and they all basically brush him off. You know, ain't no money in it is what Wyatt says. But then famously, tell him what they say, Steve. Tell him what he says. I'm your huckleberry. Damn right he is. <laughs> Damn right he is. Say when. That's just my game. But he's got the gun. I love this scene. He's got the gun behind his back. He's ready. Like, like a little, like a gentleman. Just in case you're faster than me, you're not because I'm already holding it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's so good. Uh, say when. Say when. But Curly knows that. Doc, this ain't the time. Well, Doc can probably beat him is my estimation of that. But he also well, knows in, in this situation, he's especially because he's drunk. Yes. Johnny Ringo's wasted. Yep. Yeah. That's the one man you can't beat drunk. So uh, Curly and the boys pull Johnny Ringo back. He's just drinking. He goes back to the port shave he was enjoying. Barbara, Barbara proceed. Proceed. Hmm. I want to do that next Happy time. Happy ending, I, please. Next time I go to a great <laughs> clips, yeah. I'm going to sit in the chair and just say, Barbara, proceed. Say when. Say when. <laughs> a storm is literally brewing. The symbolism could not be more obvious. There's thunder and lightning, a clapping like cheeks in the distance. And Behan <laughs> confronts Josephine yeah. about Wyatt. Uh, I know you like that hairy handlebar bullshit, dude. Uh, I like him, too. I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to kiss him. I don't tell anybody that. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> Behan knows that the Cowboys are going to be killing all the herbs that night. That's just when we find out. Not only is he a douche, he's a real live piece of shit. He's working with the Cowboys. Indeed. Um, they sh- they, he, he busts in and shoots and misses all the women. One of the yeah, Cowboys. Whoever this assassin with was for the women with a shotgun is maybe the worst assassin ever committed to film because he kicks open the door. He has it's a the tiny room. He has the element of surprise on three targets who make up 75% of this room. He's got a shotgun and somehow doesn't hit a one of them. Not he's, a like, pellet. he's like one shot, two shot. Ah, shit. I'm running. I'm running. These women are scary now. I better leave. Because Josephine had come to warn them, women. right? Damn. Poor, poor idea. Wasn't Josephine there to warn them? Oh, there's four women in there. Yeah. yeah. So Josephine did warn them, but like 
for two seconds. Literally all she did was like, someone's coming. These right behind me. (laughs) Here, I actually brought them here. They didn't know where you lived. Yeah. So my, my bad. Assassin, are you looking for the ladies? I'm about to tell them you're coming here. Follow me. It's over here. You got to bust a left. You know, just give me a second. I just want to give him a heads up. (laughs) Don't shoot me. Uh, Heaven's the bet, so you almost shot me. Virgil has been shot. He returns to the bar. Wyatt's like, what'd you forget? I forgot all the blood dripping down my arm, Wyatt. What? They operate. He also shot up Claude's wife. I I ain't going to lie to you, Steve. I don't remember who Claude is, but that's very sad. Poor Claude. Um, (laughs) Poor Claude. Uh, and they, they got to take, they got to amputate Virgil's arm. Right. And then Wyatt, like an asshole, Don't literally, worry, darling, I still got one good arm to hug you with. <laughs> Such a corny line. <laughs> <laughs> it's also my jerking arm. If you know what I'm saying? That's, Woo. that's the real sad story in all this. <laughs> the real victim. <laughs> my dick. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, Verge. That was his words. Why it's immediate comforting words. I told you. Okay, so I'm going through IMDb. I don't see anyone named Claude. So I don't maybe we don't see this. It's just, person a, it's just a line. Yeah. Because yeah. Morgan's like, they got Claude's wife. His wife, damn it. Yeah, because I don't know who that was either. This is where Michael Rooker, uh, known as McMasters in this movie, and two friends, both Creek and Jack Vermillion, who we met earlier, quit the Cowboys. I heard what they did to your women. That ain't cool, man. We don't shoot at women, that folk. Ain't cool. We murder a lot of people. I'm all not right. All about that life. We did kill a bride and a priest once, but they was Mexican. I made a surly face at it, though. Yeah, I don't know if that counts or not. Anyway, I'm with you, Wyatt. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> I do love Michael Rooker, Michael man. Michael Rooker's great. Yeah. Morgan is. It was weird seeing him with like bountiful curly hair, though. In this I know. Movie. It, it was, was like, oh, he's Michael a young Rooker man. with hair. He's Whoa. A, he's a young man. Yeah. That more. He's got that funny hat on. He does. Yeah, he looked funny. He looks like a, a, a mariachi or something, you know, which doesn't look funny except on Michael Rooker. Yeah, that's true. That's all I'm saying. But Morgan he's, goes to play some billiards. He's, you know, he's playing angry pool. Some people dance away their feelings. Mm-hmm. Some people journal mm-hmm. Morgan billiards. He gets shot in the back, though. Damn. And it's such a Jesse Ford. It's yeah, I think so. It's such a sad scene because he pulls his gun out too late. Right. But he's trying. He's like, oh, I'm, a, ah, I'm a big boy. My sciatica. And uh, it drops it on the pool table. And they're trying to get the bullet out. The doc gives up pretty quick. He's yeah, like, yeah. hold him still, damn it. Shut the dog up. I can't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think it was funny. Kurt Russell's energy in the scene is like, God damn it. Will someone shoot up that dog? <laughs> I hate dogs. It is a beagle. And then the whole time the doctor's like, Hey, I'm going to tell you what. I was supposed to be off today. Yeah, I'm not even clocked in. Um, and this is the second attempted murder of the evening. I will be billing your family a lot. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I deal at the craps table. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> My nickname is Doc. Uh, Wyatt, tell your wife I've got her heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know why he's called Doc Holiday? No, I don't actually. He's a dentist. Is he really? He's a doctor. Mm-hmm. Oh, good for him. Yep, yep, yep. That never comes up. No, it's not. It's not relevant. <laughs> He's just got the tuberculosis now. Yeah, it's um, fun though. There's a really, um, but I love the like very on the nose symbolism when so like Morgan does die. He says like, "Hey, remember how some people said they see a light at the end of the tunnel? That ain't true." And then he <laughs> and he dies. But then there's the on the nose symbolism where the blood is on Wyatt's hands, and he's just kind of fumbling through the scene, like ah, looking at his hands, and he's like looking at his hands. And he looks at Maddie like, ah, at his hands, ah, <laughs> and he stumbles into the street, and it's raining, and everyone's like on the side of the street, and they let him get in the middle, and he's like just like ah, 
like looking at us with his hands. It's so overdramatic, but I love it. And then for some reason, <laughs> Josephine runs out to comfort him. And he's like, you get away from me. No, he's like, not now. Can't you see? And like, uh, for once I'm with him. Yeah. Bad time. I know we flirted a little, but he does say, get away from me. Yeah, he does. Point. This he is the lowest fang- point of my life. He you know? white fangs her. But that's when, <laughs> but that's when uh, Maddie's standing there too. But she had already seen, uh, Josephine attempt to comfort him it's for the third time. And yeah. that's why she's like, Oh, every time I come out of my house, I try not to do heroin. It's raining. You're with the everything. lady. <laughs> it's raining. God damn. I got shot at too. <laughs> I did. He shot one of my heroin bottles. Oh, that's, she's the real victim here. Oh my goodness. I'll make, Forget about Morgan. Let me make an amendment to my earlier statement. The real victim <laughs> is Maddie. And then my dick. And then also my dick. <laughs> Cause my dick beating hand is gone. <laughs> and I will shed a tear at the sunrise thinking of the hand that was and the good times we had. <laughs> at least once, sometimes twice daily. <laughs> and if I was feeling extra froggy a third time. <laughs> Any hoozle? Morgan, uh, he gone. He gone. He gone, he did. And Maddie had forsaken Wyatt. But the next morning, Wyatt and company prepare to leave town. It goes over and says it's over to Curly Bill, who says, bye. <laughs> bye, Felicia. And then he tells Ike to take up, uh, take Steelwell and finish it, right? So he has no intention of actually letting them live their lives and go their merry way. But luckily, Wyatt has no intention of actually leaving the situation alone. He put Virgil and the women on the train and he kills Steelwell sneakily while he's trying to get Virgil. Where's Wyatt? I'm right here, shotgun. And then he cuts Ike with his stirrup and tells him that he's a marshal now. You called down the thunder, and well, now you've got it. I see a red sash. I killed a man wearing it. Run, you cur. I'm coming, and hell is coming with me. You know who's not coming? My brother, Virgil. He's gonna lost his hand. He hand. He's still going to become a sheriff in California, though, so good for that guy. That's neat. Yeah. That's neat. So yeah, the rest of the movie is him murdering everyone with a, co- a red sash, Be- and he can do it legally because he's yeah, a marshal. I was I was shocked because then this immediately goes into a montage, right? Yes, first and of sh- two. Yeah, first of two montages where he's just railroading red sash cowboy gangsters, and it's just like not even a challenge for him. No, riding <laughs> across the sunrise or set, I couldn't tell. Uh, he just rides his whole ass horse into a building and murders one guy, gallops along, shooting at nothing. But we're supposed to assume that there's at least one red sash in every one of those bullets, I think. Yeah. Um, there's a guy in an opium den who goes to put oh, his mouth favorite. on the opium hose. But it's a plot twist. It's Wyatt's pistol. And it's he looks at him and goes, oh, and then he just <laughs> shoots him. <laughs> Cold-blooded murder on every one of these dozen sons of bitches. And then he looked right at the camera and said, don't do drugs. Dead. <laughs> Maddie. <laughs> dead, dead, dead. Opium den. Gun barrel sucker. Ha ha. Was my note uh, throughout this montage. One of my favorite moments, too, is Doc Holliday. He busts into like a, a whorehouse with somebody else. And the guy's like, don't move. And the doc goes, nonsense, by all means move. Uh, <laughs> like we're just shooting them down anyway. Right. Um, but now they finally get to a trap set by the, uh, for the Earp gang by Curly and his gang. And they're pinned down. Uh, Wyatt just walks into the middle of the Creek and nobody else can decide what to do. Oh yeah. So yeah, they start getting shot at like they're across the Creek. There's a crossfire. Crossfire. (laughs) 
He usually casually says that we got ourselves a yeah. crossfire here. Cause like some of his gang is behind him. And so they're literally laying on the ground, like finding like twigs and shit to hide behind. Yeah. Michael Rooker's literally laying behind like the tiniest log I've ever seen. It's and awesome. They're holding the shotguns up like in the air. And like, I think that they would lose those guns the moment they fired them because <laughs> of the recoil, but sure movies. Uh, and then we get the best part of the movie, Chris, because uh, uh, Wyatt is like, you know what? I have the power to deflect bullets simply by yelling the word no. And so he walks out into the creek. No one can hit him. Curly Bill's like, oh, oh, oh boy, I'm going to get him. And so he's like, everybody stop shooting. He's mine. And he shoots like, what, three shots yeah. at him? Misses every shot. And then Wyatt goes, no! And she- <laughs> <laughs> Point blank with a shoddy. No. And his little best buddy is like, oh God, no way. And then he he eats it too. And everybody else inspired by that finally runs out to the middle of the creek and starts shooting as well. Mm-hmm. And now Ringo's in charge, right? Which is uh, alluded to earlier in the film. Look, darling. Johnny Ringo. <laughs> that would be worse than Curly Bill, right? Curly Bill says, I I feel bad for everybody when Ringo's in charge, right? Yeah. Um the next scene, everybody's marveling at Wyatt. It's kind of a goofy scene uh, because they're like, oh, my God, I never seen anything like that. He's like a wizard or something. Where is he at, by the way? He's, he's in frame. Water over there. But he's in frame like seven feet back. Isn't that a da- just just <laughs> it is a daisy. Just listening to everything that they say. Uh, but then they say it's not revenge. Doc says it's not revenge. It's a reckoning. It's a reckoning. <laughs> then he becomes too sick to move on with the crew. Um I love this scene. I really did emotionally I, affect me, Steve, this yeah. next line. You too? Yep. When Wyatt says, uh, or he says, why are you even here, Doc? It's got nothing to do with you. And he said, Wyatt Earp is my friend. And then Creek says, hell, I got lots of friends. And and Doc says, I don't. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah. He loves him. He lo- That's some guy love between two guys. I love love. I love love. Let them fuck. <laughs> <laughs> mm, say when <laughs> say when I'm the Huckleberry <laughs> mm. but Ike's bitch ass is leading another posse somehow and cowboys have killed Billy Zane the one and only Fabian off camera you're all ugly you're all ugly I hate you, you and your dork friend Billy's ugly too and Billy's like damn yeah I am. But he's very sad. This is the the one step too far for him because he really did admire the art and uh, artistry of Fabian. And he holds his hand briefly <laughs> and, and runs and, off. And he's like, we gotta, it's, we've gone too far, Behan. We do we, need law and we order. We do need law and order in this town. This is the theme of this movie. And he gallops off. Been, I have been personally affected by this tragedy. <laughs> so now it has become real in my life. <laughs> uh, but Behan is still a bitch. He says, no, I'm not going to do that. And B, he's like, I'm, I'm cool. I just want money. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw my lot in with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And Behan gave them all badges. So they're all, he deputized them. They're all technically lawmen now, these Cowboys. Um, Doc falls off his horse. He's too sick to move on. Charlton Heston lets Doc sleep at his place. Thank goodness Charlton Heston was there. Let my people go <laughs> to bed. But in the, uh, <laughs> you know, biggest coincidence ever, Wyatt happens to see Josephine out the window. She stopped there to water her horses. Uh, I guess it's not that big a coincidence. There's only so many places you can stop in those days, right? Everyone goes to the Hooker Ranch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the farmer's Hooker. name is Hooker. Henry all right? Hooker. Henry Hooker. All right. <laughs> it's not just a type of ranch. That's out in Vegas. With hookers. 
<laughs> Unless you're talking about the Hooker family, Charlton Heston and his boys, Henry Hooker, and and my guns. She's always smiling for no reason at inappropriate times. Like her best friend just got murdered, and as soon as she sees Wyatt, she's like, "Hello." It's just it's a weird thing. What's up to? Yeah. How's your day? Mine was kind of terrible, I guess. Best friend died. I'm rich. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wipe my tears with my minis. <laughs> and then she says, I have to go and does in the most gangster shit of all time. She just leaves. Mm -hmm. They stare at each other for a moment romantically. And she says, I have to go. And she does. Uh, and he, he's watching the life he could have had mm -hmm. if he wasn't a lawman right away. There right? goes the pussy. There goes the money. <laughs> and presumably the weed. I don't know the what the weed is. The three things I want. God damn it. Little Wayne. I'll let you down. <laughs> little, little Wayne, I'll let you down. Oh, no. Tucci no more. <laughs> Tucci. Tucci. A, man, <laughs> a man dragging a body behind a horse approaches, and it's Mary Poppins, otherwise known Mary as Poppins, McMasters. He's not looking good. Ringo wants a straight-up fight at the Oak Grove Silver Springs Canyon in uh, 7 o'clock. And uh, we cut to and and Wyatt Earp's like I'll be there. I, I love how the the writers like I don't know like a football field lengths away yelling all this information and just the way uh, Kurt Russell goes like you tell him I'll be there. He looks like that meme of the woman who's pointing and yelling in the next picture is a cat like kissing at her. <laughs> like he's doing that arm pose. Like, yeah. You tell him I'll be there. I'll be there. I won't be late either. I saw. No. I gotta stop watching everything. I won't know exactly where to go because there will be people there who need to direct me further, <laughs> which is a thing that happens in a couple scenes. <laughs> it is true. But Ringo waits and he tells Ike to kill everyone else when he's done with Wyatt. So, again, they're not men's, men of their word. But uh, Wyatt goes to talk to Doc, who's laying in, I presume, Charlton Heston's best bed. And uh, he says, dang, it sucks. I already know what I want and who and what I want is to have sex with Josephine. And that's the who part. Dang. Dang. But I'm going to go die. I lived my whole life not knowing what I wanted from it. It was. <laughs> what if the whole thing, like what he Three really. Three things is all I've ever wanted. I found out. <laughs> what if like the thing that he really wanted, we all assume it's like he just loves Josephine and he can't be with her. But really he's just, he loves Josephine because that's his ticket into theater. What I want to do <laughs> is dance and sing. God damn it, Doc Holliday. I could have been an amazing Faust. <laughs> what makes Ringo? A great empty hole right through the middle of him. He can't fill with enough stealing and killing and money. He wants revenge. For what? For being born. And Doc Holliday is speaking from a place of self-knowledge because he and Ringo are so similar. Yeah. And that's what makes that scene so powerful. Um, and he looks at Doc and says, I can't beat him, can I? And Doc coldly says, no. No, you cannot. Johnny Ringo will kill you. He will make it look like you suck. Frankly, I don't care how long that barrel is. <laughs> None of the people you just killed in the last montage were fighting back, technically. What? They were running I thought away. It was, I thought it was funny, personally. However, I was, I was having a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, he does something really clever. Uh, he says, um, what's it like to wear one of those? Meaning his badge. Meaning his badge. No, he meant the brassiere on the woman behind Wyatt, but <laughs> Wyatt just gave him his badge. How lewd. <laughs> <laughs> Wyatt gives him his badge. And then Charlton Heston vows to protect Doc, which is very kind of Charlton Heston. And uh, Wyatt tells his friends to run to New Mexico. 
because uh, they're all cops now, the people that are chasing him, right? And uh, it's Doc that shows up because, you know, what's he, his name? He, he and Ringo have uh, unfinished business. They do, but Ringo's so happy at first, like, oh my God, Wyatt, you showed up. I didn't think you had it in you. That's what he says. That's what I was I'm looking for. Fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> that classic shot where you just see like a, a man in a cowboy hat silhouette and then Val Kilmer just steps forward, revealing that it's him. I'm your Huckleberry. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Looking still awful, but so much better than last we saw him. Mm-hmm. And Ringo is scared. You can see it on his face. Like, oh, I ain't got no beef with you. You're oh, cool. Uh, and I love that Doc Holliday is smoking, obviously exacerbating his tuberculosis, but that shows his not giving a fuckness, right? And Ringo says, I was just fooling about. And he says, I wasn't. I, I wasn't. <laughs> and now it's legal. He's got the badge, right? Yeah, he, he, he kept the badge so he can legally kill him. Yep. That was the whole plan all along. Mm-hmm. They circle. That's how laws worked back then. Yeah. I, was I had the badge. The badge. And the badge. I was a British guy. I had the, I had the badge. I had the badge. <laughs> I didn't just get this out of Spirit Halloween. This is a real legit martial badge. All right. <laughs> they circle and circle like vultures. And then, and then uh, he says, say when, of course, right? Say when. Doc pops him in the forehead and just keeps on smoking his little doobie. Yeah. And he doesn't die immediately. He's, he's like doing this thing where he's like, he's bleeding out of his head, but he's doing this really uh, like he can't like do anything. It's it's really terrifying. It's terrifying. He's like, Oh, there he is. And then Doc's like cigarettes still in his mouth. Yeah. He's like taunting him. Come on, Ringo. You got it. You you can do it. Come on. But I love it. It's so fluid because Val Kilmer trained with, uh, with guns, like a old school gunslinging. And you can see he, he, Draws so quickly, pops him in the head, and, and then spins it, it and puts it away. Before Michael Bean even like got his gun out, and no. and they've established that Michael Bean is really quick with yeah, that. Yeah, Ringo's thing. fast. He's super fast, but he's like nowhere near as good as uh, Damn Doc right. Holiday. Damn right. In fact, the rest of this movie, strangely, and that's why I think the screenplay is kind of all over the place, and you can see where they tried to take a lot of info and put as much as they could, right? Because a lot of this third act is focused on this relationship between Doc and Wyatt. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't quite that the, yeah. emphasized in the first half of the movie at all. And mm-hmm. so it's interesting to me, like the, almost the whole ending is about Doc, which I love. It's my favorite character, right? One of the best characters in all of cinema. Mm-hmm. I just I can see the screenplay is kind of a mess. I don't give a shit. Well, that and then the the next what? There's maybe like ten minutes left in this movie after this, and then but it feels like what are we doing now? The the threat yes. has been ended. It does. Where does we go from here? Oh, we get another montage of murder and fools. It's so weird when they go back to finishing the Cowboys. It's such a bizarre choice, but they do. There's another murder montage. Um, and then it ends with Ike like, all right, fine. And he takes a sash off and throws he, it. He survives. And so like, up. Oh, he but I the think off, we can let him live. I think Behan was in that chase. If I noticed for the first time. And I think he got killed. Um, no, I didn't notice that. But he's telling, uh, he's t- <laughs> I forgot when he's telling Ringo when he's smoking, like his head is smoking from the hole. And he's like, you're no Daisy. You're no Daisy at all. <laughs> Poor soul. You were just too high strung. And then he gives the badge back and says, my hypocrisy goes only so far. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, let's finish it. And then they do the the last charge of Wyatt Earp and his immortals is what they call it. Uh, but anyway, we already talked about that. All that, everything wraps up. Finally, um, Doc Holliday is in the Glenwood Sanitarium in Colorado. His TB's finally getting the best of him. Doc's looking even worse than usual. That's right. He comes, uh, and Wyatt comes every day to play poker with him. And, and I don't want to play no more. Doc's mad about it. He, Doc, uh, Wyatt gives him something. 
And this is what I thought. I was, I don't know what you said the through line that you hated the movie was, but this is where I thought of you. And that Steve is going to be choking on his Kool-Aid. Oh, I love dying I lo- laughing. I love this. I was in love once. My first cousin. That's good, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about that. She was 15. And they they have this whole moment that's played for like this, like, oh, Doc Holiday has been eating himself alive his whole life because he could not be with his 15 year old cousin. Now, I give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he, he was, was also, also 15. 15. Yeah, but it is his first cousin. But it's also the 1800s. He could have been 45. He said <laughs> this could have been last week. He said <laughs> he like they emphasized my first cousin. He said that. Why did not you just say cousin? Yeah. You know? I just wanted y'all to know it's as creepy as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Wink. Uh, say when. Uh, anyway. One. Yeah, that one. When. I, I was thinking like, I don't know if Steve's seen this movie as many times as I have, but he's going to get a kick out of this. Yeah, that was a really odd thing to include. She joined like the, the convent. They, they are trying to kind of wrap up this bow like, oh, this is why he's a tortured soul. Right. Because he could not have the thing that made him happy, which was this relationship with his, his cousin. first cousin. Because, <laughs> because what, what do you say? Like she joined the convent after the whole affair. Yeah, because I think even then it was frowned upon that they were con- uh, cousins. So yeah. she had to go join a convent. Yeah. Um, but I do love the line. This made me feel better because I've had an interesting life, to say the least. And uh, Wyatt says a little self-pity in that moment, which isn't earned at all. The other guy's dying, damn it. But he says, I just wanted a normal life. And Doc says, there's no normal life. Why? There's just life. Now get on with it. Um, Live for me. Go get that actress. Pussy money weed. What have I been telling you, son? Live, damn it. The trifecta. The the holy trinity, as it were. Live Live for me. Please leave. And he's like, if you ever cared about me at all, you'll get the fuck out of here right now. That's how much he cares about Wyatt. And he there does. Was, there was one funny thing where he's got giant poker cards and he like puts them in Doc's hand and Doc's like, I don't want to play anymore. And he's like, all right, what do you got? Uh, you beat me. Like, yeah. like, like Doc still beat him he's and he's him not even playing. He's the luckiest man alive. <laughs> My friend Doc Holliday. It's a book that, by, that Wyatt Earp wrote that he had given him. And um, that was, like, that was the gift. Yeah. Yeah. Wyatt leaves immediately. And then this actually really happened. Supposedly it's documented that he was in the hospital. He looked down at his bare feet. And after a lifetime of assuming he would have died in a gunfight, Doc Holliday looked at his feet and said, huh, that's funny. Cause he's, he knew that that moment he was going to die in a bed, which mm-hmm. is weird to him. This is, well, I'll be damned. This is funny. And then he died in the bed. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, a neat fact about that. And this is a quote from Wyatt Earp. I just thought it was interesting about, Doc Holliday. Doc was a dentist, not a lawman or an assassin, whom necessity had made a gambler, a gentleman whom disease had made a frontier vagabond, a philosopher whom life had made a caustic wit, a long, lean, ash blonde fellow, nearly dead with consumption, and at the same time the most skillful gambler and the nerviest, speediest, deadliest man with a six gun that I ever knew. That's a quote from Wyatt Earp about his friend Doc Holliday. Very, very cool, because Wyatt knew a lot of deadly men. He did. Doc was a bad motherfucker. That's what they call him. A BMF. Mm-hmm. But Wyatt goes for Josephine. Uh, and I love. <laughs> he finds Josephine and he shows up and says, I ain't got shit. No pride. <laughs> no dignity. No money. No That's money. True. I prematurely ejaculate. But I'll love you for the rest of your life. <laughs> and she says, don't worry. My family is rich. 
And then they dance. Boy, howdy. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he says, like, I'm going to give you what we what we wanted the first time we saw each other. Mm. A dance. What if he said heroin? And that he was the reason Maddie was like that. And then, and then the camera pans over and Maddie's like 10 feet behind him. Like going, again, damn it, Josephine. Okay. So this is the thing that blew my mind. So like they start dancing in the snow and it's like, like all happy ending for the hero. Right. Uh, the narrator comes back in. The narrator comes back in to give us some updates on what happened. Like, Oh, Virgil went on to be a, a sheriff despite having only one arm. Um, Ike was killed two years later in a robbery gone wrong. And uh, Josephine and them are super happy. <laughs> Maddie died of a drug overdose four years before this you're seeing now. Mm. So like we, so she dies sometime between the okay corral and his like vengeance spree. And they don't talk about it. So when he gets together with Josephine at the end, you're just like, he's still married. And, right. the, and the narrator's like, wait, hold on. <laughs> wait one second. It's fine. I know what you're thinking. You're all thinking like, oh, Doc, or uh, old Wyatt Earp, you are, you are in a real you're, bucket of syrup right now. A rapscallion. You are a, you are a true rapscallion. I don't like the cut of your jib. Oh, the wife's dead of an overdose? That's fine. Fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> Just Which for is that, really awful. For listeners that don't know, I am in recovery of 11 years from many things, but including heroin IV use. So, because uh, I've gotten an email before, at least one, that was like, I really don't like the nomenclature with which you give people afflicted with addiction. And I'm like, sorry, I'm in the recovery community. That's how we talk to each other. It's just where we have gallows yeah. humor about the whole affair. And I'm merely pointing out that no, I absolutely. think this is fucked up that yes. they're doing that to want, this character. I wanted to clarify. They are clearly painting this poor woman. Like she is of lesser value of a human being because she suffers from addiction. Yes. Thank God. Wyatt Earp got out of that one. Ooh, boy. <laughs> I guess my efforts were in oh, vain. <laughs> Sorry. There's one other bit like Wyatt Earp lived a long life. He died in, what was it, like 1920 something? 1929. And Tom Mix wept. He cried. An actor. <laughs> the a, the huh? early film Western actor Tom Mix wept. It is kind of wild that Wyatt and Josephine were together 47 years from this moment, right? That's what we're led to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently he did, like, he became pretty well known in early Hollywood circles. Um, like, that would have been like the height of the original, like, have you ever seen Babylon? Like all the orgies and blow and stuff. You could see Wyatt Earp in there as like a 60-year-old man like, woo! Hell yeah, good for him. This is rooting to? No, this is all I've ever wanted, oh, my, my three you, things! You know what? Maddie would have loved this. <laughs> she would have. Oh, bless her soul. She would have laid in bed, though. <laughs> Asked him to bring it to her. Yeah, Virgil was a one-armed sheriff. Ike got shot and killed in a robbery. And Maddie been dead. Maddie been dead. <laughs> and that's the, uh, and John Wayne claimed to have met Wyatt Earp. But he probably he I uh, talked to ja Wyatt Earp one time and he told me you're going to be the best damn on screen cowboy I've ever seen. Bet. <laughs> <laughs> he taught he he claims that Wyatt taught him to do his signature waddle. I mean, I mean, that's possible because, I mean, he John Wayne did get into movies by like he was like really young and would just sneak onto film sets and just Spielberg style Spielberg style and just like. Like, 
what do you need? I'll do any, whatever you need. Yeah. And like, he loved doing Western. So, I mean, that's possible. Yeah. But also John Wayne does tell a lot of bullshit that comes out of that man's mouth. So I never told a lie that um, I didn't tell myself. If you I'm know a, what I'm, I'm a war hero. JK never went there. <laughs> I'm a coward, but I'm a badass. <laughs> mm. But yeah, that was Tombstone. I hope you guys had as much fun as I did. That was one of the hardest I've laughed in a good while. It's like Lord of the Rings episodes laughter. Yeah, I was having a good old time. I think one. I was loopy. We might have been. It's been a night. It's been a day. Yeah. A whole ass affair. But I'm glad you guys joined us. Uh, email the show. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram if you haven't yet at Streaming Things Pod Official. Um, and that's it. That's all the time we have for right now. We love you so damn much. My name is Chris. And I'm Steve Pilgrim. Streaming things. Happy streaming. Oh, it's April Fools, everybody. Just kidding. That was a couple days ago. But in the month of April, we've got some new patrons we want to give a shout out to because they are keeping the lights on for us over here at Streaming Things, as well as many of you who have been patrons for a very long time. So let's welcome these newcomers into our family. Our first one isn't technically new, but he did upgrade his tier to the highest tier possible of the K-Stew patron saint of Streaming Things, and that is Stanton Valentino. So thank you so much, Stanton. Uh, we also want to welcome our brand new Try Before You Deny producers, Wendy O'Laughlin, Jason Hawkins, and Matthew Amerson. Thank you, guys. Uh, brand new to the Marty B VIP section, we have Aubrey Carell, Tyler Ashby, Alan Tomlinson, Kate Lampy, Joey Stewart, Taryn Sayre, Jesse Lay, Kashunya, Luke Dixon, Lena Anderson, and Huang Lei. Thank you guys so much. And our chocolate pudding producer sections, we got some brand newcomers. We got Crystal Wheatley, Katie, Anna. Javinjo, I'm definitely pronouncing that wrong. Uh, thank you to Bailey Patterson, Abby Christine Creations, Aaron Bradley, California, Alex The Average. I think you could be pretty great, Alex, not going to lie. Lauren Daly, Sarah Podber, Richard Humphrey, Sarah Rowe, Chris Williams, Stephanie, Jose Presidio, 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 Presidio. I'm pronouncing that way wrong. I'm so sorry, Jose. Uh, Melanie Dame. Katie G, Wade, Huggy Huggy Loaf, I love that name, Huggy Loaf, and of course the Upside Down Canuck. Um, What is an Upside Down Canuck? Is that like a a mean Canadian? I don't know. Uh, And finally, our Friends Don't Lie producers, we can't leave them hanging. we got to thank them as well. So thank you so much to Austin Sylvie, Sahiba, and Zaray. Penna. Thank you guys so much for continuing to support the show. We can't do it without you, and I hope you keep enjoying these episodes.